Vince was the king of this world and he could do whatever he wanted and he had plenty of people to cover up his mess. Whatever he was going to do, he was very confident it could be covered up and it allowed things to persist. And it's fascinating to watch people when they start showing old clips of things. Again, I just remember certain things we would be in the news with Vince. And then a week or two later on Raw, we would see them revisited in this weird way that was like defending Vince from false allegations that were when it, apparently, with the benefit of hindsight, a lot of them were true. And I think that, but the fact that he would just blatantly do that on his own television show, like as his own TV show at times was his, what's it called? His catharsis, I think. He would script things on the, the TV having to do with his frustrations in life. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to this very special edition of the Main Event Talk Podcast. This episode is taking place on a Friday, as we talked about a few days ago. I am the Main Event Player, the super secret himself from the tours coming back at you, the God of my gods, the King among kings, the coolest son of a motherfucking bitch walking God's green earth. The reason for this episode happening on a Friday is because, as you know, the Elimination Chamber is taking place... Uh, tomorrow, it's actually going to be taking place um, Saturday morning. It's actually going to be uh, real early, from what I understand. Um, I think the time frame of Elimination Chamber is going to happen somewhere around... If I'm reading this correctly, you see, 2 o'clock in the morning is what I'm hearing. So, if 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 this is the case... If we're watching Elimination Chamber at 2 o'clock in the morning, that means, well, I'm, I'm trying to put the difference in time as far as where Australia is and where we are at at this point, especially in Corpus. We could be seeing Elimination Chamber, I'm going to say at 1 o'clock, but I think it's actually 2. I think it's actually 2 o'clock. I think we're... We're going to be watching the countdown show around 1 o'clock. And then that means the entire show itself will start at 2 o'clock. And that means, let's see, 2, 3, 4, about 5 o'clock is when the entire event is going to end. So it's uh, going to be interesting to check out. But we're going to give you my analysis of everything that's going to be happening with Elimination Chamber happening later on tonight. Everything from the women's Elimination Chamber to the men's Elimination Chamber... 
to the uh, Undisputed Tag Team Championships be on the line, the World Women's Championship be on the line, and of course, in the Grayson Waller effect, The Rock, I'm sorry, not The Rock, Cody Rhodes and Seth Rollins are going to be making a statement. Not sure what sort of statement, but we'll be talking about that as much as we can. We're also going to get you some of the latest wrestling news going on in the world of professional wrestling coming from the Wrestling Observer. And also some of the latest wrestling news happening and so forth. We're going to talk a little bit about that. We're also going to be talking about uh, AEW's Revolution coming in about... I would say it's about one more week until we get there, till we get to the retirement of Sting, uh, or, or unless something happens, like uh, we get a change of a match where we don't want to see the Young Bucks involved in any way possible. Plus, oh, and right here at the beginning of the show, and uh, we'll talk about it in just a moment uh, as soon as we get there, there was a little bit of an incident that happened at my house on a Sunday. Yeah, a little bit of an incident. Let's just say I woke up in the morning. I kept hearing banging noises. uh, And I thought it was my dogs barking at something, which I wasn't sure what they were barking at. Until I went out to my front yard and I saw something extremely interesting. You'll find out about what that is. That is a Main Event Talk exclusive that you'll hear right at the very beginning of the show with the Main Event Talk podcast. So with that being said, with Elimination Chamber coming, let's put some music on. Let's get to what we need to do. And then we'll talk about my Main Event Talk exclusive and much, much more. Let's get right into it, shall we?
What's going on? Furman Torres here for the Main Event Talk Podcast. And as you know, this episode and any episode that I do is sponsored by my good friends at Rich's Billiards over at 5815 Weber here in Corpus Christi, Texas. If you feel a need to go out and shoot some pool, have yourself a good time, jam out to some music and hang out with some friends, well, Rich's Billiards is definitely the place for you. And if you want something good to eat, Pinkies is definitely the place for you. You can go there, you can have their hot dogs, you can have their hamburgers, you can have their wings, and the main event definitely recommends the wings, especially when it comes to Pinkies. They make it as good as anybody, and not to mention the fact that their chili dogs and their hot dogs are extremely, extremely good to eat. Get a chance to eat it over at Pinkies. And if you go there, tell them that the main event talk sent you to Pinkies over here at Rich's Billiards, 5815 Weber. Not your average heroes to bar my bars in the billiards among billiards. You can come in anytime you want, Monday through Sunday, and check it out every single chance you get. And if you want to check out some boxing, UFC, or even WWE, Rich's Billiards will definitely be the place to go to check out all those events and much, much more. And there's going to be several live events that will happen at Rich's Billiards in the next coming weeks. And be ready, because the Main Event Talk podcast will cover anything that you need to know about Rich's Billiards. I am the Main Event player, the Super Sea Kid himself, and I approve this message. I think it would be a terrible idea to beat Rhea in Australia. I hope they don't do it, but I do not rule it out. The thing is, though, is Rhea is so much bigger of a star. and it's You don't say. Yeah, than yes. Nia Jax. So that's why I think that she's winning. Plus, you don't want to beat Rhea Ripley in Australia. That's the main event on the show. I mean, I don't know if they go on last, but that's the real main event for that city. Well, you just heard the comments from Dave Meltzer and from Brian Alvarez about what is going to take place at Elimination Chamber. That's the matchup. We don't know if that's the main event or not. It could possibly be the main event, but things will change as they always do. We're going to talk about Elimination Chamber later on in this episode of the Main Event Talk podcast. Before we talk wrestling before we talk to anything that we need to talk about i want to talk about a little bit of an incident that took place uh on sunday um <laughs> uh th- this was kind of interesting because um just kind of give you an idea of where it was i was at um rich's billiards by the way i hope you've enjoyed that rich's billiards little commercial i just put together right there um i was at rich's billiards uh for my little anniversary was there for a while, uh, drank a few beers, jammed out some music. Uh, well, a few people showed up that I know were there. Um, nothing too strenuous and everything. Uh, got home and checked out the UFC a little bit. My brother um, got picked up by my uh, by my other brother. You know, came by and you know picked me up because I wanted to get a ride home. Got a ride home, showed up, and uh, uh, ate a little bit. Went right to sleep, and uh, I woke up and. I kept wondering why uh, the dogs were barking, right? I kept wondering why uh, the dogs were barking. I was like uh, literally asleep, I would say at maybe 12 or 1 o'clock at night, right? And then all of a sudden, um, I'm thinking maybe 6 or 7 o'clock in the morning, my dogs were starting to bark. And at first, I thought I was going to have to take them out. And uh, we'll just kind of give you a little brief story. Uh, just about that. Something happened. Apparently, I had sort of a, a homeless intruder that was trying to either fix my door 
or, 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 or do something ridiculous. But this Main Event Talk exclusive will, will kind of tell you everything. I had this thing recorded uh, on Sunday. This was, um, this was right after the police had showed up over at my house. So um, I'm going to give you this Main Event Talk exclusive, and then we'll, we'll talk about it at the end. What's going on, guys? This is a Main Event Talk exclusive right here on the Main Event Talk podcast. It is about 9.58 in the morning on Sunday, and I wanted to give you a little idea as to why I'm recording this little part here. Um, so I woke up this morning, uh, probably around maybe 6 or 7 o'clock in the morning, and my dogs were barking. My dogs were barking for some odd reason in the house, and I had no idea what was going on. I don't understand what was the purpose here, so <clears throat> around maybe... Maybe 8, maybe 8.30 in the morning, I decided to go ahead and let the dogs out, right? So I did. Let the dogs out because, you know, they were barking all over the place. And my my only key king sense was I think the dogs were probably, you know how when the dogs sense like a, a person or a presence or a, a dog, or another dog, another cat or something like that? That's what I would be thinking, right? So <clears throat> I went ahead, decided to get the dogs outside. So I did. I got the dogs out, but before I could do that, usually I would go ahead and make sure I clear a path for the dogs to go to the backyard, right? All of a sudden, I noticed uh, the table, and I noticed a few chairs were moved around on the outside, so I don't know what was going on there, right? And I, I didn't have a clue, and neither my, my brother didn't have a clue either. <clears throat> so when I took the dogs to the outside, went back inside the house, all of a sudden, I heard this banging noise. And I was like, what the hell's going on here? Why is there a banging noise happening? And then it occurred to me that somebody was here. So, um, as soon as I went to the front yard, I saw what would be a, an elderly man, a homeless man, uh, I believe was parked in my front yard for some odd reason, and was there fixing looks like he was trying to fix the door or trying to enter in a house or something like that he was trying to break an entry it looked like it i kept trying to ask him a question over and over again i asked him what are you doing what are you doing and the guy just kept you know talking to me in spanish and and i I understood what he was saying but i don't think he was explaining to me what are you doing you know when i was asking him that and he just you know just rambled on something in spanish so I had no choice but to go ahead and make a 911 phone call. It was, it was, because I wasn't gonna, you know, nicely and quietly tell this man to get out of my property because this is not his house, right? I wasn't gonna do that at all. So what I was gonna do was I called the police, I got him out here, and um, I told him the situation, and you know, this man was. Clearly, he was a homeless man, and clearly uh, there was um, probably something wrong with him. He thought that this was somebody else's property. He was looking for somebody named Octavio, I think that's what he said. Uh, I told him, no, he doesn't live here. Nobody by the name lives here. This is not his property. This is not his house. And I explained that to the police, and I think the police understood what I was talking about. So um, we we had a wheelchair that's right here that we took next door, which, you know, we, we had that for sitting purposes. And all of a sudden, um, let's see, all of a sudden, the next thing, uh, they went ahead and they took the wheelchair 
they got the guy in the chair. It took him <clears throat> it took him a while for the guy to be on the chair. And as soon as he left, as soon as he left, well, he didn't leave actually. What happened was they placed him on the chair and they got him, you know, walking, you know, to the chair and then they wheeled him out, right? They wheeled him out of the chair. And then before you know it, the ambulance comes in and picks him up. Now, I do have several pics of the individual that came in. He, w- he was an older gentleman. He didn't look, he looked a little familiar, but he, he really didn't fit a description that, you know, of someone that I know. It just kind of, an, elder, an elderly gentleman, probably somewhere in his maybe 50s or 60s, I think. And his knees were all fucked up. I mean, his knees were like, it looked like he was crawling on his hands and knees or something like that. My guess is, is that this guy just, um, he didn't mean to break into the house. I think he was trying to fix something. It looked like he was trying to fix something. And it just came to the point where it's just like, holy shit, you know? <laughs> so, you know, I just wanted to give you that little report because, you know, it was, I didn't, under, I didn't understand what was going on. I didn't know how, like, like I said, I was just asleep and all of a sudden this guy was just over here knocking on my door. So, it, it, no explanation, but my, my personal advice to everyone is this. You're always going to have a predator and you're always going to have somebody coming in and you're always going to have some predator come in and try to break into your house no matter what. In all defenses, if you have to take a gun... If you have to take a, if you have to take a weapon of some kind to make sure that this shit doesn't happen again, you do what you have to do. Now, if this is a elderly gentleman or someone that really doesn't belong here, take um, just walking around with my with my wheelchair because it belongs here. It doesn't belong anywhere else. <laughs> uh, my personal opinion, let me, while I'm recording all this, uh, okay, I got it back, okay, <coughs> so my opinion is this, if there is an elderly gentleman or someone of a of homeless figure that comes by your house and is doing something very strange, you go ahead and ask him a question, okay, you ask him why, you, why you're here, what are you doing? And if his response is is somewhat understandable and everything, then that's cool. That's not a problem. We're not going to deal with that situation. But if he's responding to you in, in Spanish or in any kind of language that you don't understand, then you should go ahead and take it up to the police and let them handle the situation because... You know, it's the, it's the only way because I don't want to try and handle the situation because my my thought of handling the situation would be to take a sledgehammer over his fucking head and get him out of my property. That's it. <laughs> I wouldn't do that, but it's the way to go, easily. But if this is a point where you're going to have to use the authority, uh, some type of authority, even if it's the police, you know, let them step in, explain the situation, tell them about what's going on, and then... They'll handle, this, they'll handle the situation however you do it. There are several ways to handle this type of situation, okay? 
the right way is to call the police and have them take care of it. And the other way is what I just mentioned earlier. Because tr- trust me, there's a lot of people that want to do something stupid like that because that is, quote unquote, how it's supposed to go. <laughs> and I think it's stupid. But nonetheless, <clears throat> the guy had just left a few moments ago. Um, I'm just getting my wheelchair back and putting it where it is. And, you know, I just thought I'd give you guys an advice. And plus, I also wanted to tell you that because, I mean, this is this is crazy because I, I was just over at Rich's Billiards, right? I was just over there last night, you know. Just drinking a few beers, that was it. And I was trying to get somebody to pick me up, and that happened. They picked me up, they dropped me off, watched the end of the UFC fight, that was it. Ate a little pizza, and then that was it. Now, <coughs> my guess is this gentleman probably had walked in probably around, I would say, maybe 6, 7 o'clock in the morning. That's the only thing I could guess because there are times where I would get up at about 6, 7 o'clock in the morning. And I would get up and I would see, you know, people just walking around, you know, just either going to school or just trying to get to somebody's house. But if there's a, a figure that just looks look like he just came off the street and coming into your property, I mean, you would have to do something about that. And it, they would ask questions. I mean, sometimes I've had people ask me, hey, is this so-and-so's house? Like, nope. Does so- oh, well, I need to touch. Nope. That's because you can't. Because unless they ask you in a proper manner, uh, unless they tell you, excuse me, do you know where Mr. and Mrs. Garcia are? And I, tell, I would probably tell them, oh, no, uh, they're probably next door if you're looking for them, you know, if I know who they are, right? But if you don't know anything and if this person comes off stupid, just say, no, don't know, no, just, just like that. It's just the easiest way to do things and everything else like that. So I just wanted to give you that main event talk exclusive right here on the Main Event Talk podcast. So we'll, we'll now return you to our regularly scheduled Main Event Talk podcast happening right now. And that was it. Uh, I was, um, <laughs> I, uh, I, I still couldn't believe it. You know, I still couldn't believe that somebody would come over to my house and, and try to um, not, not break in, but you just... Like I said, you just feel sorry for the guy and everything. I went ahead and posted some pics uh, on my Facebook page to let everybody know that, you know, this guy walks in, um, and I'm not sure if he was trying to break in, he was trying to fix something, and I, you know, like I said, this dude was just, you know, at my house for absolutely no reason. I kept asking, what are you doing? And you, you do realize you're in the wrong neighborhood, right? And it's like, you know, like I said, I didn't want to... I didn't want to startle the guy. I didn't want to tell him, hey, get, get out of my neighborhood. And I, I didn't want to, like I said, use any sort of physical violence. I could have if I wanted to, but I didn't want to cross that line. So, I, like I said before, I decided I was going to go ahead and call the police. It was the right call. Give them a call. Tell them. Explain to them what was going on. This guy was just here. Just, you know, you know, for here for absolutely no reason. He was looking for somebody. Uh, he said he had to fix something. And... Uh, I guess the man was delusional of some kind. So, you know, that was pretty much it. So, uh, I haven't heard anything from the guy since then. I haven't seen anything that was around. Although there was a couple of pair of socks that I saw that were on the ground. So, I'm not sure if this guy... I mean, this guy was walking... I, I think I mentioned this. I I think he was walking barefooted. He was crawling underneath. Uh, or crawling on his knees or something like that. His knees were fucking blotchy red as hell like he, like someone cut him open or he looked like he went to a fight or something like that 
And uh, like I said, I'm, I'm glad that the police took care of the situation. He was in an ambulance and he was holed off to get taken care of. I hope the guy's okay. You know, that's the bottom line. I don't care if he, I don't care much about a person breaking into my, well, I, I care about a person breaking into my home, but I don't want the man to, to be homeless or in any way possible. But like I said, I mean, this guy was a homeless guy, didn't know what to do. I had to do exactly what I had to do. And that was it, you know? took care of a situation that was easily done and that was pretty much it i mean i don't i don't know what else to do at this point but like i said before guys advice to you is if you see an intruder if it's someone like uh like an older gentleman or or someone that looks like a hostile threat call the police call the police in any way you can if it's an older gentleman and he's speaking spanish and is basically rambling on about a couple of things and you don't know what's going on, still call the police. I mean, you know, you have to call the police in any way possible because you cannot, if you feel you can physically do what you have to do, I think I said this earlier, if you feel you could physically handle the problem, okay, fine, but keep in mind, um, you don't know what you're getting yourself into and plus, who knows what that guy is doing and, you know, you don't want to intrude on him. Just have the police call the police, explain the situation, have them take care of the situation, and that's resolved. That's it. That's the only advice I can give you at this point. So, <laughs> oh boy, I'm, I'm just worried about what will happen the next time if I see him. I mean, if he comes here again, I'll be like, oh, come on, man. Are you kidding me? You're in the wrong fucking house, man. This ain't your house, stupid. Okay, so besides Elimination Chamber happening tomorrow... There's going to be an event happening. Uh, as a matter of fact, there's a, an event happening today, as a matter of fact. Uh, the event is entitled TNA No Surrender, which is going to be happening live on pay-per-view. Uh, I think you'll be able to, all of the TNA Plus subscribers, you'll be able to see the show for free. Uh, I believe you have to pay for the event, the event itself, and I don't think I wouldn't. Re- I wouldn't recommend. Listen, thing, guys, I wouldn't recommend you paying for the event unless you really want to pay forty dollars to pay to see this event. My recommendation is this: just you know, wait until wait until at least about a couple of weeks, maybe maybe a week or two, and then you can go ahead and watch the event for free. I'm paying nine ninety nine for TNA's uh, plus. And to check out the event and everything, I check it out afterwards. I've been checking out several of the old school asylum years back in 2002. And holy shit. That, that is like, what the hell happened? Seriously. I'm watching TNA Wrestling from years ago. And I'm looking at this and I'm like, you got this right. You got this right. But this and this and this and this and this and this. What the fuck is all this shit? It's a bunch of garbage. I swear to God. But anyways, let's get into what's going to be happening at N at TNA's No Surrender, which will be happening later on tonight. And let me talk about some of the matches that will take place. Now, there's a total of eight matches that are scheduled for the event. We do not know if there's going to be any more matches. As far as we know, these are the matches that are going to happen. The system of Eddie Edwards and Brian Myers... With Alicia Edwards in their corner, will be taking on the intergalactic jet skeeters. Am I reading that correctly? 
It's Koshida and Kevin Knight. That's going to be on the Countdown show, I, I think, from what I understand. That, um, l- let me read that correctly. Intergalactic Jet Setters. Okay, I'm, I'm pronouncing that correctly, but I'm wondering why. Seriously, why? <laughs> okay, anyways, uh, I really don't have a dog in this fight. All I can say is the system wins. That's the only thing I can see at this point. This one's going to be an interesting match, and I know that a lot of people are going to be checking this one for the X Division Championship. Chris Sabin going one-on-one against Mustafa Ali. I'll make this prediction right here, right now. I would love for Chris Sabin to retain his championship, but I think we need to see Mustafa Ali become the X Division Champion. I think it needs to happen. This will be the... uh, the first step in the right direction for Mustafa Ali. He really needs to have that title around his waist. And I think he needs to represent TNA in a way that should be very, very good. So Mustafa Ali to win the X Division Championship. That's the main event prediction right there. Singles match for the Knockouts World Championship. It's going to be Jordan Grace going one-on-one against Glizdale Shaw. Glizdale Shaw, as you know, won the ultimate the women's ultimate x to have an opportunity at the women's championship and now this will be her opportunity to get it will she become the champion or will jordan grace retain the championship i'm looking at jordan grace retaining her championship at no surrender that's my prediction on that one right there next matchup for the tna knockouts world tag team championship uh, Decay of Havoc and Rosemary to take on MK Ultra of Masha Slamovich and Killer Kelly. Um, uh, it's been a month right now since Decay have held on to the titles. So I'm guessing that Decay will retain the Tag Team Championship or who knows, there may be a new team on the rise and to want to get their hands on some tag team gold. Singles matchup right here. PCO going one-on-one against Khan. I'm going with PCO. I'm going with the French-Canadian Frankenstein. See how that rolls out right there. Next matchup is Josh Alexander going one-on-one against um, Simon Gotch. And uh, I believe Simon Gotch was a part of... I know he was a part of... What team was he a part of? Not the not the Contraband. I, I know about them from, from MLW. But I'm talking about the, the group he was with alongside with his former tag team partner who's now broadcast, uh, the Drama King. And uh, wh- whatever that dude's name is. Uh, and my apologies for not pronouncing the man's name. But anyways, I think in this one... You almost know that Josh Alexander is going to win the championship, but I wouldn't uh, win the match. But I wouldn't be surprised if Simon Gotch were to win this match against Josh Alexander. After all, Josh Alexander is a former TNA World Heavyweight Champion. Just want to bring that up right here. So we got a TNA World Tag Team Title Match. Let's see. It says a uh, final match in a best of three series so let's see here the abc of ace austin 
and Chris Bay to take on the Grizzled Young Veterans. And let's see. Um, it's tied at two apiece. Or one apiece, actually. So this is the final match. And I hate to say this, and much like, uh, much like what I said with Mustafa Ali, I think we need to see this happen with the Grizzled Young Veterans. Uh, I had said that the Grizzled Young Veterans do need to be the tag team champions. They should have been tag team champions at the Hard to Kill pay-per-view. But it didn't happen that way. But that could become a reality later on tonight. As the Grizzled Young Veterans take on the ABC, they could win the Tag Team Championship for the very first time. Last time they held on to some Tag Team Gold. It was over NXT. They were the NXT United Kingdom Tag Team Champions, if you remember that one. And of course, I believe this is the No Surrender Rules match for the TNA World Championship. Moose will be defending his championship against Alex Shelley. This is basically a rematch from the Hard to Kill event. Uh, I'm not sure what the no surrender rules mean. I'm going to have to look into this and everything else like that. But to kind of go ahead and get this prediction out of the way, you can almost tell that Moose is going to retain the championship. But it's not just because of the interference. It's the fact that Moose had won the championship just a month ago. And it would be foolish to take the championship off him and hand it back to Alex Shelley. And all due respect, I wouldn't mind seeing Alex Shelley retain his championship. But I think we're going to go with just this wave and this wave only. You know, so we're going <coughs> to we're going to stick to this soul prowess right now. And we're going to stick with Moose to retain the TNA World Championship. And Alex Shelley will unfortunately have to be in the back of the line. Now, as I'm announcing these matches, we don't know if there's going to be another match involved. We don't know if anything's going to be added at this point. But we will let you know on this episode of the Maybet Talk Podcast if anything comes up right now. But one thing's for certain. Tonight, TNA will have no surrender. That will happen live on pay-per-view as it happens to all of the TNA Plus subscribers, you can pay for it at $9.99. And remember, if you order the pay-per-view, you're going to be paying $40 to get that pay-per-view. So keep in mind, all right, just wanted to throw that out to anyone that's interested in watching the pay-per-view. If any more, ma- like I said, if any more matches come up, I will let you know right here on the Main Event Talk podcast. It's going to be a great event. It's going to happen at the same time as... Uh, the last SmackDown before Elimination Chamber, which will be happening tonight as well. Sm- uh, SmackDown, that is, you know, so <coughs> we'll be checking that out and everything. So check out TNA No Surrender live Friday night, only on pay-per-view, and it's going to be on T- uh, TNA+. Plus. Check it out. Check out the Countdown Show for free. To all of you subscribers out there, you'll be able to check out the Countdown Show for free. But like I said, after that, you're going to have to pay $40 in order to see the pay-per-view. So just just a little reminder of what's going to happen. It's TNA Wrestling's No Surrender. This is Stay. My very last. 
is my retirement is for sure. Speaking of AEW Revolution, it's going to be happening on Sunday, March 3rd. Several matches have already been put in place right now as we speak. Now, as I'm recording this episode of the Main Event Talk podcast, this episode is being released on Friday. But I'm recording this right around Wednesday. Now, I am giving you the report before we get a chance to check out AEW Dynamite later on on this uh, later on uh, today. Now, I'm just recording this right now so that way you guys will get an idea about what matches are taking place. Now, so far, these are the matches that are going to take place at the AEW Revolution event that will take place live Sunday, March 3rd over at the Greensboro Coliseum. Only on pay-per-view. Should be interesting to check out. Let's look into the matches here. Will Ospreay to go one-on-one against Kenosha Takechka. Going to be a great matchup right there between two members of the Don Callis family. Or do we know if Will Ospreay is a member of the Don Callis family? We'll have to find out later on or next week when we have the opportunity. This one here, a singles match for the Continental Crown Championship. And it says here, if Danielson loses, he has to shake Kingston's hand, the champion Eddie Kingston, to defend his championship against Brian Danielson. If Brian Danielson loses, he has to shake the hand of Eddie Kingston. We're going to see how that rolls out and everything. Singles match for the AEW Women's World Championship. Timeless Tony Storm um, Mariah, uh, with Mariah May and Luther in her corner. Along with the virtual, uh, going up against the virtuoso herself, Deanna Perrazzo. Going to be a good match right there. A three-way match for the AEW World Heavyweight Championship. It's going to be Samoa Joe defending his championship against Hangman Adam Page and Swerve Strickland. Interesting there. Singles match for the AEW International Championship. (sighs) Do I really need to say it? Oh, dear God, I'll say it anyway. It is going to be the champion, Orange Cassidy, to take on a member of the Undisputed Kingdom, Roderick Strong, with Matt Taven and Mike Bennett in his corner. And also this matchup right here, it is a tornado tag match for the AEW World Tag Team Championship. This will be Sting's retirement match. Sting and Darby Allen with Ric Flair in his corner to take on the Young Bucks of... (laughs) It's so silly to pronounce these names. Matthew Jackson and Nicholas Jackson. Dumbest names I've ever heard. Let's just call him by Nick. Let's just call him by... Nick, let's just call him by Jack or whatever the fuck they're called. Who cares? I still say we should go with Darby Allen versus Sting. Or Darby Allen and Sting taking on FTR. That would be much better than watching this fucking match. Because, it, and I, I'm not going to give away any predictions just yet. I'm going to wait till next week. Till we get to Revolution. Till we get to the retirement match. And I'll tell you this right now. If Sting loses to these two stupid fucks. I'll tell you this right now. I'm going to smash a bottle over someone's head if that happens. 
Okay, I really won't do that, but I'm going to smash a bottle over somebody's head if that fucking happens. I mean, any, any team, any team, any team but those two, okay? Like I said, Sting Darby Allen against FTR, that's fine. I would love for that match. How about Ricky Starks and, and Big Bill against Sting and Darby Allen? I would like that match a whole lot better. The Young Bucks, oh, you gotta be fucking kidding me, you silly bastards. Oh, God, but anyways. Um, but anyways, I mean, if anything comes up, like I stated before, any main event talk exclusives, anything involving Revolution, I will give it to you right here on the Main Event Talk podcast. And don't forget, AEW's Revolution. Sting's last match will happen on Sunday, March 3rd at the Greensboro Coliseum. It's going to happen live on pay-per-view. Check it out, guys. It is going to be Sting's last match. And I hope, I hope he... I hope he ends his his retirement on a good note. So we've got the Dynamite show coming up tomorrow. And uh, I got to talk about this. I got to talk about this one. You know what? When I adjusted the chair, I got to talk about something. Mm-hmm. Okay. This is what we have for the, the show thus far. We have John Moxley and Claudio... Versus Dax and Cash. We have got Joe, Swerve, and Brian Cage. Versus Hangman Page, Hook, and Rob Van Dam. Which, by the way, they've got um, Hangman Page on the Babyface team. And they have got uh, Swerve on the heel team. And I know that when this was announced and this was brought up, people are like, Don't you know what a Parejas in Crabless match is? (laughs) that's that's not what it's billed as it's just billed as a six man so if you want to make up your own storyline you're welcome to but they did not bill it as that okay they just that's where everybody was put on these teams and then we've got uh, Tony Storm in action and we've got Deanna Parazzo in action okay why do I bring that up why do I bring this up okay well I bring it up because the show's coming up but this is this is the point that I want to make okay This show is taking place from the Box Center in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Okay? Box Center in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Let's check WrestleTix. Because I want to make sure I don't screw this up because people get mad. Oh, man. Imagine if that Virgin Fornicator match was happening in the box. All right. So, the Box Center in Tulsa, Oklahoma, they are at 2,700 tickets, okay? 2,700 tickets. This is the first time that they have ever run the box center in Tulsa, Oklahoma. They have sold 2,700 tickets. Now, yes, this is better than when they were selling 1,800 tickets or 2,200 tickets or whatever. 2,700 tickets. But 2,700 tickets for the first show in Tulsa, Oklahoma, this is not lighting the world on fire. Okay? Now, I have a point to all of this. Because I know people are like, they're getting ready to start furiously typing. CMLL and BCC at Arena Mexico. You know that match coming up? Yeah. Okay. Completely sold out. All right? It's awesome. New Japan, the Moxley-Naito championship match, which is coming up. 
they are opening up more seats now. Uh, that show is uh, now opened up to 6,800. I think they originally, what they opened it up for originally, like three or four? Something like that. And, uh, and all of the tickets have been selling, and so they keep opening up more and more seats. We're now at almost 7,000 for that show, and it's still quite a ways away. AW Revolution has the Sting and Darby championship match against the Young Bucks, the final match of Sting, okay? That's at uh, over 13,000, I believe, okay? So we've got BCC, CMLL, Arena Mexico sold out. We've got New Japan, Moxley, Naito for the title, 6,800. They're adding tickets. We have got Revolution, Sting and Darby versus the Bucks, 13,000. And we've got Dynamite in Tulsa at 2,700. Okay? I think it is so patently obvious what's going on here. And the other thing that I should mention, by the way, is that um, uh, WWE did a house show this weekend, which Dave noted. Uh, did like 7,000 fans or something. They they did well in both Oakland and Fresno on Saturday and Sunday. Yeah, like 7,000 fans for a house show, okay? Not a Raw, not a SmackDown, a house show. Not even a house show with CM Punk wrestling Dominic Mysterio or whatever. It's a random house show, okay? So here's the point, I think. I've been wrong before. I think we can all agree, except for Lenny, that WWE is hot right now. Correct? I They're think hot. So, yes. Okay. I think we can all agree. I'll, I'll say this so people don't get mad. AW is cooled off. I won't cold say line. they're cold. I will. I'll say they. Hey, the pay per view's got thirteen thousand. The pay per view's well, got thirteen thousand, so I can't say they're cold. That's they, true. But they have cooled that's off. True. Okay. Yeah. They have cooled well. off. All right. They don't now, draw well. How about that? Well, here's the thing. The pay-per-view is drawing well. Okay? What do the pay-per-view, CMLL at Arena Mexico, and the New Japan show with Moxley and Naito all have in common? That is not John Moxley. What do they all have in common? Big fight feel? Big fight? Big big shows? I mean, what? I they don't... announced the matches a long they time ago. Okay? Yeah. We knew the Moxley-Naito match, what, a month and a half, two months before the show? We knew Sting and Darby and Sting's final match months before the show. Yeah, but that uh, Sting's final match was going to carry that ball. Doesn't matter. The point is we knew the match months before the show. But, yeah. The Arena Mexico, the CMLL-BCC, we know that match month before the show. Okay? Well, here we are the day before Dynamite in Tulsa, and we know two matches. We know two You're matches. Right. You're right. And You're right. and we know we know two people will be in action. That's it. We don't even know who Tony Storm's gonna wrestle. We don't know who Deanna's gonna wrestle. The the fact of the matter is, and here's why I brought up WWE, okay? When you are hot, you advertise a raw show coming to town, you advertise a SmackDown show coming to town TV, and they sell out, okay? When you are particularly hot. You do a house show and you do seven, 8,000 fans, okay? Great. Just announced you're coming to town. You're going to sell tickets, okay? When you have cooled off, Dynamite Rampage coming to town is not enough, okay? Announcing a big match a week in advance is not enough, okay? You need to have big matches with big stars, big names, all of this announced far in advance to get people to... Go to the show if they're in town, 
travel to the show if they're nearby, okay? Obviously, with the revolution, you got to fly in. But the, the reason I also bring up New Japan is that New Japan Battle in the Valley show, they did not announce a card far in advance. They announced a card a week in advance. And as soon as they announced that card, because New Japan is cooled off, they're not hot like WWE. When they announced the crowd and they told you you're actually going to see Okada versus Tanahashi, seven days before the show, they started moving tickets. A lot of tickets. Because people knew the matches, okay? So Dynamite needs a full card a week in advance. A full card, okay? They've done the deal where, okay, well, you know, we're going to give you one big match two weeks from now. That's cool. We need more, okay? I think that I look at all these numbers, I look at what's selling, what's not selling, and the answer is what's selling is either what's hot or what they've told people about over a month in advance. What is not selling tickets is Dynamite Rampage, Collision, we're coming to town, and a week before the show, we're going to give you some matches, and then Tony's going to tweet out some matches two days before. That's not working. It's just not. And I don't want people arguing about it, because we've got plenty of evidence here. It's not working. <laughs> They're still going to try to argue with you anyway, boss, but yeah, well, I'm I not agree. listening. You're, <laughs> you're right. Um, I will also say, though, if you have feuds that are hot, if you have things that are hot, you can get away with advertising two matches. If there's other things, if people know that other people are going to be there and there's hot stuff going on. So, like, if the show, you yeah, look, if the show was hotter, it would be better. My thing with this is all of those buildings that you named, including Wintrust, are all scaled properly to the events that they're running. WWE can run out, run anything and sell it out right now or come close to it in some cases, you know, especially when it comes to their PLEs. New Japan running Wintrust, that's 10,000 people. The Box Center is another example of why are you running this building in Tulsa when there are other buildings in and around there that are smaller than 20,000? Because unless they are planning, and they're not, because it's not on the college campus. I mean, this is where, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, to me, why are you running this building? Unless it's an incredibly amazing sweetheart deal, this is another example of, you're putting 4,000 people in a 20,000-seat building. It's insane. Back in a moment with more Observer Live. You knew it happened. What happened? You knew there would be somebody. Uh-oh. Yes, Booble. Oh, My no. dear yeah. Booble. <laughs> My dear Booble. How are they supposed to announce matches when the storylines might not have happened on television yet? Now... I could go nutty here, but I'm not going to. Let me let me just help, because maybe Booble really doesn't get it. Maybe some of you don't as well, okay? Oh, what happened to pro wrestling? I didn't say. Well, first off, let me just say this. I love AEW. I want them to succeed. We all know I that. Would, I, I would like them to do, uh, you know, 8,000 people at a house show. I'd like them to do 13,000 people at all their television tapings, okay? And you know what's not going to help is saying that everything is all right. As, as they do 2,700 in Tulsa, okay? That's not what's going to help. What is going to help is an idea. And you don't seem to understand, my friend Booble. I didn't say to announce a full card two months in advance, okay? Why don't we just go to the other extreme, all right? We got tomorrow's show. All right. Is, is Brian Danielson on the show tomorrow? Is Brian Danielson on the show tomorrow? I don't, I don't Are the know. Young Bucks on the show tomorrow? 
Is Sting on the show tomorrow? Is Darby Allen on the show tomorrow? No. Is is Soraya on the show tomorrow? We know Britt Baker's on the show tomorrow. I mean, the point is, we don't know. Bro, I have two matches here, okay? I have two matches, and I have two people in action. I don't know anything else, brother. I don't know who's going to be there. I don't know who's not going to be there, okay? Yeah, if you can give me a full card a week in advance, which is not two months, but a week in advance. Bro, hey, you know what? Let's look at the uh, the Raw show for next week. Raw show for next week, I got uh, Kofi Kingston and Xavier versus Ludwig Kaiser and Giovanni Vinci. Sami Zayn versus Shin. I know two matches already for Raw next week. And, and they're hot. after a pay-per-view. Okay? Exactly. It's coming after a pay-per-view. Last week, the Raw lineup, we had like five matches announced for the next week's show. Okay? And that's a hot promotion. All right? This is a not-as-hot promotion. Okay? I got two matches, and I got no names. I have no names. I don't know who's going to be on the show. So, at the very least, how about you say, hey, uh, you know what? We have Revolution coming up, right? You're yeah. telling me this Tony Khan hasn't booked out the go-home show for okay, Revolution? Okay, time out. Stop right there. Stop right there. Because this is one of those things that I knew you were going to bring it up because I was going to bring it up. Everybody always talks about Tony Khan and his long-term ideas that he has, and he then thinks will happen, but he wants to stick to that long-term idea. You always bring that up. But there is a difference between having those long-term ideas and sticking to that mindset while maybe not being a really great day-to-day booker and week-to-week booker, which he doesn't seem to be because a lot of it is big matches and callbacks from the past in matches that uh, there's a lot of one Brian, he wouldn't have to advertise so much if people had a real idea of what feuds were going on and all of that sort of stuff. And yeah, but he if you know those, do a good job of that. But and we here's my about point. His long-term plan. Yeah. If he knows what's going on at the pay-per-view, then he should be able to list the names that are no going kidding. to be on the show. Exactly. I don't care about the matches, but, but you should but, know. Hey, listen, WWE, you don't think if WWE's going to run a show in Seattle in two months, I'm going to have a list of people that are going to be on the show? I am. Yes. Okay? They're going to give me a list of people who are going to be on that show. That's not that hard to do. Are they going to have the full card at that point for that show? No, they're not. But... A week in advance, you should have most of the card. You don't think Tony had the card for this week's Dynamite a week ago? Well, that's the thing. I'll is, bet you, you he know, did. But that's the thing is, Brian, and I bet you he probably did, but did it ever, did he ever get it off the sheet and out of the book to someone? To And that's the problem, is there is some sort of either either he's not doing that, or there's a problem in a breakdown in how the communication is to get that to people. You know, one of the things that they did, I, I don't know, I, that, it just, it, it drives me nuts how he goes about some of his, his matches. And this doesn't have anything really to do with it, but maybe a little bit in how he announces matches. A couple of weeks ago, and I can't remember what the match was at the end of, it may have been the House of Black and FTR at the end of Collision. They start throwing a bunch of matches up at the bottom of the screen about as the match is getting towards the end. And then they start to, for next week, and that's good in that, wow, okay, we're, we got like a whole card for next week already and things that are coming up for the rest of the week on Rampage, on Dynamite, cool. And then when the last 30 seconds of the show, as they're fading out, 
when there shouldn't be any talk and we should be seeing like it letting everything sink in what happened in the ring they bring those graphics back up again and the announcers are now talking over what you should be seeing with the baby face in peril in the ring and laid out and 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 grasping and and breathing you know desperating for air being desperate for air and the heels you know sneaking their way up the ramp and being and but instead the announcers are just like there is an issue there's a big issue again with how they go about a lot of how they do things and it doesn't have to be like wwe but it needs to be made a lot more clear and it needs to somehow again get off of his booking sheet and get out of his notebook and to the people that need to promote it because this is ridiculous you're exactly right why do we not have at least a handful of names if not a handful of matches for this week's show it's crazy
If you guys have any questions in regards to the show, all you have to do is go to my email address at the main event 1977 at gmail.com. That's the main event 1977 at gmail.com. Any suggestions in regards to the show, anything in regards to anything about professional wrestling or music or anything that you have in mind, all you got to do is go to the email address at the main event 1977 at gmail.com and I will be glad to mention it on the next episode of the Main Event Talk Podcast. You broke the all-time record for the largest gathering of trailer park trash the Rock has ever seen. Finally, your life has meaning. Finally, you and your 50 wives will have a story to tell. And you know what I'm talking about, you'll have a... Always. You shut your mouth, fatty. The Rock will come out there and slap the herpes off your lips. So, okay, so you got a chance to listen to what took place uh, last week with The Rock, with uh, Roman Reigns and the bloodline involved. A lot of stuff is going to be happening in WrestleMania in the next, what, what we're at, six, five weeks now. So, the, the reason why I wanted to talk about this particular subject is because... A lot of people have been giving a lot of hints. (laughs) Everyone's playing the role of detective because they've been given this hint that, okay, well, The Rock is going to betray Roman Reigns. And I think it's going to be a little bit obvious because, look, my analysis of the whole thing with this whole bloodline thing, I think this is a trap. I think this is some kind of trap. And I think if you think back, If you think back to all of this, think back to when Cody and The Rock were were talking. That was it. When Cody Cody and The Rock were first talking, whispered something in his ear, and then a face-to-face encounter with The Rock. Now, I think what originally was going to happen, I bet you anything that something, something was said about the two... Cody had set aside, and The Rock was going to go face-to-face with Roman Reigns. But, however, the fan reaction was what he was not expecting. I think in his mind, I think in The Rock's mind, I think that he was going to be able to have his match with WrestleMania while Cody waits until the inevitable happens, right? But the fans were going to have none of it. So I believe The Rock had changed plans and I think that was the idea I think The Rock was going to try and change plans in the fly so that's when the press conference came in the press conference came in you had The Rock, you had Cody you had Seth Rollins, you had everybody involved so the move was for The Rock to go ahead and turn heel now he didn't turn heel yet but in that press conference when you notice The Rock And when you notice his reaction with everybody, you knew he was going to turn heel. You knew he was going to try and do the inevitable. So I think The Rock had decided, okay, let's go ahead and let's do Cody versus Rock. I mean, let's do Cody versus, uh, let's do Cody versus Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. But let's add a feature where The Rock is somehow involved. 
the slap heard round the world. Now, once it happened, that was it. That was it. That was the point. That was out the window. So then came the part where now that the rock is fully healed, and now that he has aligned himself with Roman Reigns, now all that's left to do is set all the pieces in motion. Now, the fans have been playing detective in the last episode of SmackDown, where The Rock had said something about loser, but said it pointing in the direction of Roman Reigns. The, the finger in the air, he kind of placed the loser on there. I mean, look, it, it, it's, I, think, uh, <coughs> I think some people are reading way too much into it. But in the process, I mean, when you think about how The Rock is talking and, and you, when you figure out everything that what The Rock is saying, I mean, they're all hidden clues. They're all sort of hidden clues. This kind of reminds me, and some, uh, some people have brought this up, about the whole White Rabbit issue. At the time when people were wondering about Bray Wyatt, what does the White Rabbit have anything to do with Roman Reigns or, or, or the Bray Wyatt, I'm sorry, there were several hidden clues. There were several hidden barcodes. There were several things that led to Bray Wyatt. And at that time, we weren't sure until Extreme Rules came along in 2021, which led to the return of Bray Wyatt. Now, what they're doing here, I mean, if this is indeed several clues and several things to look into, well, then that's pretty interesting. I mean, the WWE has been doing uh, extremely well with putting all of these interesting clues and and fragments to get people guessing as to what The Rock is actually going to do. Is he a double agent? Is he playing a game with Roman Reigns? Or is he playing a game with Cody Rhodes? Or is this really about the bloodline? To me, I mean, this is, a, a, this is pretty interesting. And to kind of give you my take on how this is going to work, I think what will happen is I think The Rock... I, obviously, we, with Elimination Chamber coming up, we, we obviously know where this is going. Cody Rhodes and Seth Rollins are both going to appear on the Grayson Waller effect... Later on tonight, or later on tomorrow, to be exact. Talking about what's going to take place and the bloodline interfering and everything else like that. And it's going to lead to a tag match. It's going to lead to Seth Rollins and Cody Rhodes agreeing to have a tag match together at WrestleMania on night one against The Rock and Roman Reigns. Now, here's the kicker, though. These two are going to mention it at the Grayson Waller effect. Now, if Roman Reigns chooses to show up, which... I have a feeling he will, <coughs> which will make the Grayson Waller effect even more interesting. I think there'll be a part where Roman Reigns will agree to everything. Now, now keep in mind also, we don't know if The Rock's going to show up, which will make it even more interesting because you'll have those same four individuals that will appear in the Grayson Waller effect and that will appear to make the WrestleMania match happen. Night one. Cody and Seth Rollins taking on Roman Reigns and The Rock. Now, this is all this is all going to be interesting to say the very least. Now, I'm not going to say that it's going to happen because who knows? I mean, The Rock probably will not appear in Australia or he may appear in Australia. We don't know. All we know is this. If this happens, they're going to put the match together. 
they're going to put the match together, and it's going to be a point where you'll have Cody and Seth issuing the challenge, and if Roman Reigns chooses to accept, or if Roman and The Rock chooses to accept, then that will happen. So this is all going to be interesting one by one by one. So it's going to be interesting to see how all this fades out until we get to WrestleMania. Keep in mind, guys, we've got only, what, 55, uh, 54 days away till we get to WrestleMania. We're close. We're very, very close to that. And all I can say is this. It's gotten people to watch this product even more. It's gotten people's intrigue a whole lot more. Uh, you could, you notice that Triple H is not really involved in this at all, which is good because I don't think he should be involved in it at all. Because all that's going to happen, all that's going to happen is that you're going to see The Rock. You're going to see Roman Reigns. They're going to team up and they're going to take on Cody and Seth. But keep in mind, the setup will be for Cody and for Seth Rollins to put the match together. You know, issue the challenge. It'll be for The Rock and for Roman Reigns to accept it, probably within a week or probably within two weeks, or who knows, probably closer than you think. Bottom line is, it's going to be interesting. Now, we're going to talk a little bit more about this matchup, and we're going to talk about the Grayson Waller effect a little bit more, trying to get the idea exactly about how this is going to go down with Elimination Chamber coming in just a few hours. What do you want to get to next? I guess Rock on SmackDown. This uh, oh, is a pretty big show. Pretty big show Friday. Yeah, they're going to get a great rating, that's for sure. He was he he was great. There's no doubt about it. Um, it's so funny because if left to the devices of you know, it's like he wanted to turn because he want, didn't want people to boo him. Yeah, that that was your story. Reported that I was I wasn't surprised, but I just I, I didn't really equate it with some of the negative things that he's been dealing with in in Hollywood as well with Black Adam and and these other these other things that you know it, they weren't giant successes. So in a sense, they were failures in comparison. Uh, but I didn't even equate that until you wrote what you wrote. So the thing on on that is, um, I just think it's it's funny because when you watch that crowd, I mean, the crowd was ready to just cheer like crazy for him. Mm-hmm. And Roman tried to set it up so he would get booed, and he tried to get booed, and they really wanted like even after he insulted them and everything like that. By the end, they were they were cheering him again. So it was like it was. Um, it was fasting to watch, you know, because he wants to be, he wants to be a heel in in this incarnation. Okay, because... but we know we know this fan base though. The easiest way for him to get cheered is to be a heel. In the long run, yeah, I suppose. Um, but I think that his 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 star power is so overwhelming to that audience, and. Um, you know, again, like they sold, I think it was thirty three hundred tickets in the last the last week. You know, once once he was announced on TV, um, and could have sold even more probably. But um, the, it it's you know, it's just he, he's he's it, you know, like there were people, and certainly in Vegas, there were a lot of people there to boo him. And in this one, it was like 
I don't think there were that many people there to boo him. They did because he wanted them to, and he forced them to. But um, you know, it's it's just it's just interesting. Um, they didn't really push the the idea of the tag match. He was just kind of out there to perform. The other thing is again, you know, his arms are enormous. <laughs> I mean, it was like there was a pose there where like it's like he was by, by size and they're on his focusing on his arms. His arms look like they're bigger than his head. <laughs> I mean it's just like this guy, wow. You know? I I heard from so many people who were ecstatic that this is the version of the rock that they were getting because it reminded them of nineteen ninety nine. Yeah. Yeah. Well he's he's one of the great talkers of all time. I mean and he's as correct charismatic as you know him and hogan are probably you know i mean even even probably more than austin you know i mean they're just you know incredibly charismatic people do you did you get any clues as to some people were trying to find clues in the way he held his hands up it looked like a guns up sign instead of the way that roman holds his finger up for the bloodline signal or uh he when he mentioned the bloodline he only mentioned himself and roman like i was wondering if there was anything strategic that was kind of They're teasing uh a, a, a future babyface tour turn but i don't i mean i don't know that this seems like this thing is kind of being written as we're going yeah i think so i mean i think the long run is to still do the match you know not this not not anytime soon um, but Dan, I, I would be surprised unless, you know, I, I, I don't know. I mean, the, the thing is, is we're running, we're running the clock and the age and, and the injuries and, and things like that. And, and the movie career, there's, there's so many things that are going on. Like it was just, he was going to be a pro wrestler and he was 40, you know, I would say like, you know, you know, it's pretty, pretty clear. There's so many things you can do and, and, and go through it, but it's like, um, how much is he going to do? Um, I mean, I think he's having a ball. You know, I mean, when he came out, I just, again, like I know the guy loves wrestling. And now when he came out, it's like he really was happy to be there. He loves that reaction. And I think he really wants to do, I think he really wants to do that match. But, you know, he's not going to, you know, I I, 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 I expect that, that, you know, again, like, I don't think it's like, like, again, if he had come back with Roman, there could have been a thing where it's just like, okay, he hasn't wrestled in however many years, 10 years, or in a serious match. Going to come back, do the one match, put over his cousin, and then that's it for his career. To get his big goodbye at WrestleMania in this giant match that sets all these records. I could see him doing that, right? But now I think that he's in for a longer haul. Because I think yeah, at the that's end... What, that's what I was going to ask you is, because he kept mentioning the long run or he's the long, I forgot, I forgot the exactly long, the long, how he the long it. game. Yeah. The long game. Yeah. And the, the think... long game, could the long game mean like WrestleMania 41 when they, do I, think, I would not, it would not surprise me at all. Um, you know, but again, I think that the whole thing is being written, you know, written as, and again, it, you know, he has to perform at a certain level in this match. I'm sure he's going to get himself in shape to do it. Because he's the one thing I know is he's very prideful. I mean, that's why he didn't do it last year, was because he didn't feel he had the time, and he's still got a lot of commitments. But I think, um, you know, we'll have to wait and see. There's there's a bunch of shoes to to you know to fall, but I do think that that's probably the, the long game is him and Roman, you know, and in a match at some point, 
and um you know even kind of like the whole thing i mean he, he brought it up and and you know was kind of you know blaming the fans if it wasn't for you and it's, it's in its own weird way it's like yeah that's true if it wasn't for you that was going to be the main event you know i mean uh on that pat mcafee show he did mention that you know all the different places he calls home he had wrestling rings set up so that he could train and and work out so right 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 uh so yeah um, i want to bring up something before we get going and the story yes. that i wrote in the observer um yesterday i had seen this clip somebody sent me this clip of of, of, of Dwayne and and paul Ovec face to face and this and that and um it was actually an old clip i so think I it was it. i think it was from like 10 years ago i, I yeah. did realize what it was after you told me yeah it was an it was an old clip so um yeah i'm you know so i as soon as i found out i took it out of the thing and i'm apologetic about it and it was a a mistake and um yeah um so i mean that that aspect um that's kind of a bummer for me you know i mean it was a mistake and uh i <laughs> thing i didn't like about it it was you know it's like you hate you know it's hate to do a mistake you know I'm oh yeah that. Never, anyway but like this week of all weeks and it's even for this story because as as much as i investigated that story you know the, the the whole thing about everything that how it went down the timeline the original angle all that i mean that was you know and, and the demore stuff and 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 uh, you know i did so much work this week but the the lead story which is the um you know the ashley massar story i thought was like one of the most important stories that i have written and um you know just tying those things together as we talked about and i just thought that like um it's it's sad to me that because I made a mistake that um you know it it overwhelmed in a lot of people's eyes you know that that you know the the very important story that that I had done you know and I've been working on and it's it's you know it's my fault and everything but it's just like it's kind of sad about you know that aspect of it but you know it had happens and um I'm sorry about it and uh like I said, like as soon as I found out, I took it right out. And then people are mad, you know, like whatever, because I took it out. And it's like, what do you want me to do? If I make a mistake, you want me to keep it there so you can keep throwing <clears throat> knives at me? So I take it out and you continue throwing knives at me? It's like I made a mistake and, and it's, you know, mistakes like that are going to happen. Yeah, um, I mean, with, with with how fast stuff moves. And, and that is, it's almost to me the, the sad part also about your observer because that, you know, in order to read through all of those stories, it does take time. And imagine the time it takes to, to write them, to, to put it together. And especially, and especially this week, because it was like, if I only had to worry about one of those stories, um, it'd be one thing. Um, but it was, a it's, it's so stressful the last couple weeks because the, the story of, of the Cody Rhodes and the rock in and of itself would be gigantic at another point in time and it's still gigantic to a lot of people but to me it's not it's i mean i recognize it's gigantic but to me this other story yeah is so so much more important it's, they're not even comparable and that's my focus and then even like the rossi ogawa which i didn't even write about this week much at all i wrote about him the week before but the rossi ogawa thing which again that was a very detailed thing and the demore stuff where there's a lot more there's a lot more that that came out this week on that and and it's it's again there's a lot of stuff on that one where um i know the other side but at the same time it's like nothing that i can really go into there's two sides to every story but then you know I, the talent is is so 
Um, that long letter that Talent wrote. The Talent wrote together, you know, to Leonard Asper. And it was Leonard, just so everyone knows, it was Leonard Asper who made the call. He felt that they had to get rid of Scott. They had reasons that they believed were valid. It's it's like they have their side. There are people who, who believe, you know, who know the story and believe that their side was right. The Talent, you know, obviously like Scott, um, Scott, you know, the decision was made before the pay-per-view numbers came in and probably before they knew the pay-per-view numbers, because somebody actually joked with me about how, like, uh, when it came to the last pay-per-view, it's just like, how do you know? Because we sure don't know anything about that. <laughs> you know, and so it's very, very lucky, very, very lucky, the connections that I've got there right now. But, um, but yeah, I mean, the pay-per-view was a giant success, but the, their decision was made, you know, it was a financial thing. You know, it's like, and, and the basics is, is accurate, you know what I mean, as far as, um, they didn't, you know, I mean, they didn't want to spend as much and then everything else. And, but it's like, it is very interesting because this is a rarity when, when you see talent band together, because they rarely do, um, which shows how popular he was with the talent. Mm -hmm. because how many guys have we seen, you know, fired in wrestling that were bookers? And how many letters have we seen like that to management written by wrestlers, you know, basically the whole company together in unison? I think it's zero. I don't think I've ever heard of it, which, you know, tells you, I mean, that makes that whole story very fascinating. Yeah. I mean, the way that the wrestling hierarchy works is if you were not the favorite of that booker, then you probably don't care that much because you want to be the favorite of whoever's going to be next. And then you get pushed. And it, it, it was, I, I was kind of floored almost by that letter and, and how, I was too. It and was I, so well written and yeah. like, thoughtful, and it was. It was. I mean, the funny thing, I, I was. I was so surprised, even though I had been in contact with several people, and I knew those sentiments were strong, and I knew about the meeting. You know that there were there were people at the meeting when Leonard Asper did the Zoom call with everyone that were very very hot, and 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 I think and and, and it was kind of said to me like everyone was hot because I kind of wrote about you know. Frankie Kazarian kind of being, you know, calming people down, voice of reason. And I had not talked to him or heard from him directly, but people were going like, look, he was, he was just as mad as everyone, but it was like, we have to listen. And, 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 and he just wanted the meeting to stay under control. Um, but the talent was, it was a very unpopular decision. Um, and, you know, I guess, I guess Scott could probably take a lot of uh, pride because man, I have never, I, I can't come up with one situation where something like this happened, where the talent wrote a letter like that, and the talent was, you know, I don't want to say unanimous, but but the vast vast majority were were thinking alike. And how often is that in wrestling? You know, because like you said, like if there's a booker, it's like sure the people on top that are your favorites, of course they're going to be mad. But it, in every with every booker, half the people who aren't on top, you know, and think they should be are going to be rejoicing that the booker's gone. And that did not, you know, or the, you know, not just the booker, he was the president of the whole company, but you know, that's kind of like the, so, so that's a, that's a very fascinating, interesting story. So I had a chance to see Monday night raw this past week. And, um, there were a lot of things that happened on Monday night raw, including, uh, Cody Rhodes losing to Drew McIntyre. Uh, the battle royal to determine who would be the uh, who would be the woman to take the final slot in the elimination chamber. 
Jey Uso going after Gunther in the whole nine yards for the Intercontinental Championship. And then came this one part that I'm surprised no one's been able to talk about. And I kind of find it funny that I feel like I'm the only person that's talking about this. So I'm watching Monday Night Raw and it's taking place over at Anaheim, California at the Honda Center. And uh, a lot of people have failed to realize that that's the same place where WrestleMania uh, WrestleMania 12 was held, WrestleMania 2000 was held, whole nine yards, right? There was an appearance by uh, the uh, UFC lightweight champion, uh, Michael Chandler, right? And I was seeing this and I was like, oh, this is cool. I like this, you know? And obviously the appearance of um, of Michael Chandler, uh, because, well, I don't know. I don't think he's a wrestling fan, at least not to my knowledge. But I know that um, I think the reason for his appearance, if I'm not mistaken, I believe he lives in California. I believe that's the, that's the deal. So Michael Chandler goes ahead. He's he's there. He's over at Anaheim. This is, the, this is the first UFC crossover to the WWE, by the way, because the reason for it is, you know, we, we all know about... UFC and WWE emerged with uh, Endeavor to form TKO, and that's where that's where this is rolling, right? And this is pretty good. So Chandler comes out, says what he says, mentions Conor McGregor's name, and it gets a lot of reaction from the fans. And this was pretty good. This was very very good because I honestly th- I honestly think that having UFC fighters appear on a WWE event is very, very good for business. Because when you think about this, when you think about this a whole lot, how many times has the WWE appeared in UFC events? I mean, you look at the list. You got The Undertaker who's appeared there. Rey Mysterio has appeared there. Uh, I believe Brock Lesnar has appeared there as well. Well, not in and out, but you know what I mean. <clears throat> There have been several wrestling uh, personalities that have appeared in UFC and that ha- were there as strictly as fans, you know, because they like, they like watching UFC every chance they get. And this appearance by Chandler coming out and calling out Conor McGregor on Monday Night Raw on national television, it sparked a lot of viewership and it sparked a lot of people watching this and 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 listen look listen this is not a wrestling angle i'll tell you this right now this is not a wrestling angle but it's one of those points where when you see something like this take place especially when it comes to the wwe chandler did a couple of things number one i believe it sparked interest in viewership because when you have two two names of the ufc that are extremely familiar Michael Chandler, uh, I've known him for several fights. And of course, Conor McGregor, we all know who he is. You spark those two names on Monday Night Raw, and you're going to get a viewership hike. It's not going to be... I'm not saying that... I'm not saying that, say, what, two, three million people would show up on Monday Night Raw to watch it, and then all of a sudden they would be gone within the, within the next few hours. No, no, it, it just sparked interest. It sparked a whole lot of interest. And while the so-called wrestling journalists and the so-called wrestling people would 
you know, I, I, they never talked. They never talked about this. I, I've heard some people talk about it, but they never really explained it, right? I'm explaining it in my own fashion, and how I see it is this: you got two UFC fighters. One person's name, Michael Chandler, the uh, the lightweight champion, right? And then you have uh, Conor McGregor, who wasn't there, but his name was mentioned. His name was mentioned a whole lot. And it's gotten a lot of people talking. Now, in, in this whole deal, <clears throat> I have always been led to the impression that if a UFC fighter comes in and just watches wrestling, that's cool. I don't have a problem with that because he's a fan. Maybe he's a fan. And who knows? I mean, there have been several... UFC individuals that have been a part of the WWE before. I mean, Ken Shamrock was one. Dan the Beast Severn was another. Brock Lesnar, you know. Well, I would say Bobby Lashley, but um, I don't think he was really a part of the UFC. Unless unless there was something I was missing, you know. Because <coughs> I know Bobby Lashley was a part of MMA. Bellator MMA. But that's a whole different structure, you know. So... The point of it was for UFC to have a little crossover with WWE, it's perfect. But I'm not expecting the UFC to take on WWE, okay? I'm not expecting that. The thing that I'm looking forward to is seeing more of these kind of things. Not a whole lot, but just a little bit more, especially hyping up. Uh, UFC 300. Now, we know that that event is going to be scheduled for, I believe it's on the 16th of March, if I'm not mistaken. UFC 300 is going to be interesting. The only sad part about this whole thing is that Brock Lesnar will not be a part of any of these things. And could you imagine, could you imagine if Michael Chandler was out there saying what he just said right now, and all of a sudden an appearance by the beast incarnate Brock Lesnar coming out there, you know, <clears throat> confronting Michael Chandler, a former UFC fighter himself, that, that would spark interest in many ways because you have a former UFC heavyweight champion and also a former WWE champion confronting a lightweight champion, which would be interesting stuff. And also, I, I, I don't mind, I wouldn't mind seeing Michael Chandler and Brock Lesnar in a, in a wrestling ring. In an octagon, it would be great also. But there's certain rules and restrictions that go with the UFC. In other words, Brock Lesnar is a, uh, I guess he would be what considered, what, a super heavyweight? While <clears throat> Michael, Chandler, Michael Chandler is a lightweight. And I'm not saying that Michael Chandler cannot beat up Brock Lesnar. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that there are certain rules and restrictions that UFC have that are much different from how the WWE does things. For the WWE, it's all about entertainment. It's all about wrestling. It's all about, you know, you know what, what we had just said right there. While UFC has certain restrictions, certain guidelines, they have to go by uh, a state athletic commission. They got to go by all these things, you know, and that's the whole point of the matter. And plus Dana White... Dana White has to make some kind of a decision to make if people want to see a fight like this. Now, if, if, da if, both Dana, if both Dana White and Triple H got together and wanted to have a conversation 
by having two MMA fighters compete in the WWE ring, it would be good. It would be good. But, as I stated before, the audience has to like this first. The audience has to like this first before anything goes down. Because, let's face it, when you think about it, you have two trained combat combat stars competing in a WWE ring. I, I have no doubt it'll be a great fight. But also, in the process, the fans have to care enough to be invested in this. You know, it, it can't be just one of those things where, oh, we're, we're just throwing two MMA guys in there and what we're supposed to care about this. Nah, nah, we don't want to see this. See, someone like myself wouldn't mind seeing something like this. It'd be great. would love it for business, but... However it rolls is fine, but I, I think, you know, this is one of these things where I just wanted to talk about it because, you know, not a whole lot of people are, you know, while it's okay to talk about professional wrestling, it's okay to talk about certain things, I also want to rule out some things that uh, that were shown on television that not a whole lot of people are talking about. And I, and I think that having Chandler, uh, Michael Chandler appear on Monday Night Raw and calling out Conor McGregor sparked up, sparks up a lot of interest. Now, I don't think the WWE are going to be talking about that, but it's going to be like people like myself that will mention this because I feel it's important. I think it's easy to see why, why I'm talking about it. But hopefully, hopefully sometime in the near future we'll get something else. But there were, there were a couple of things that happened besides, um, besides that. I mean, there was uh, an appearance by... I believe there was a bull rider that was appearing there, and there was an appearance by a uh, let's see, a boxer was over there as well. I think I recognized them also. Uh, several celebrities were involved. Even uh, net the Netflix people were over there to check out Monday Night Raw. So it's all over in Anaheim, California. So land of Hollywood, well, almost land of Hollywood. I think LA LA is the closest thing to Hollywood at this point. Anaheim is what uh, a couple of hours away from. Hollywood, just like that. Yeah. Yeah, but I just thought I'd like to go ahead and talk about that because I know that not a whole lot of people are going to talk about the appearance of of Michael Chandler and then having Conor McGregor's name call out on Monday Night Raw. Not a whole lot of people are going to talk about that. Okay, let's get right into it. Let's get into Elimination Chamber, which is going to be happening in just a few hours, just to let everybody know. Okay, so there's been a specific time as to how all this is going to happen as far as Elimination Chamber goes. Now, 
Australia is a different time frame as opposed to what's going to happen here in the United States. So there's been a... <clears throat> there was a uh, central time where there's... Uh, I think our time is central. So that means we're going to be watching the show at 2 a.m. in the morning. Which means I'm probably... I'm already thinking about just going to sleep early. You know, once I get out of work, once I get done with SmackDown and everything, I'm just going to turn right in. But then I'm going to come back in a few hours, you know, just to check out WWE <clears throat> Elimination Chamber <coughs> as it goes down. So, Elimination Chamber happening over in Perth, Australia. It's going to be, um, there's going to be two Elimination Chamber matches. Only four matches are going to be announced. And also, of course, the whole thing with the Grayson Waller effect with Cody Rhodes and with Seth Rollins involved. Now. Let me get into some of the matches that will take place at Elimination Chamber. This is the roadblock before we get to WrestleMania. <clears throat> okay, so let's start off with the men's Elimination Chamber match for a World Heavyweight Championship match at WrestleMania. Now, this is going to consist of these individuals. Drew McIntyre, Randy Orton, Bobby Lashley, L.A. Knight, yeah, <clears throat> Kevin Owens, and Logan Paul. These are the individuals that are going to be a part of Elimination Chamber. Now, I'm going to break it down to you right at this point. I'm not going to come up with all sorts of curves just yet. I'm going to hold on to that until we get right to it. Okay, so when you look at the stack card... Drew's been a part of Elimination Chamber. Randy Orton's been a part of Elimination Chamber. Bobby Lashley. L.A. Knight, this will be his first Elimination Chamber. So, you know, we got to rule that out. Now, Kevin Owens, I believe... Mm, I think this... This should be... I don't think this is Kevin Owens' first time in the Chamber, but I'm going to say it is. You know, <clears throat> I know for a plain fact... That Logan Paul and L.A. Knight are the two that have never been inside Elimination Chamber. Now, there was a point to where Logan Paul did come into the chamber, but that was during, you know, the whole thing with Seth Rollins that took place about one year ago. So, I don't think it technically counts as being in the Elimination Chamber, but nonetheless, he's in it. So, L.A. Knight and Logan Paul are going to be the two inexperienced individuals to be a part of the Elimination Chamber, while Drew, Randy, and Bobby, and Kevin are the ones that know the Chamber extremely well. <clears throat> so, let's break it down. So, let's look at the two individuals that, have, that are entering their first Chamber, L.A. Knight and Logan Paul. Are they going to set to win? No, I don't see it. If anything, there's going to be something happening between the two individuals during the Elimination Chamber, and also look for Logan Paul to beat Kevin Owens. Honestly, look for him to beat Kevin Owens in, in the Chamber. But also, look for L.A. Knight to pin Logan Paul, eliminating him from the whole thing, and then thus setting up something that could take place between L.A. Knight and Logan Paul. That could take place at WrestleMania. Now, nothing's been set just yet, but like I said... That is what is going to go down. Now, Bobby Lashley, is he going to win it? Absolutely not, for obvious reasons. 
the fact that Bobby Lashley is still having some trouble with the final testament, which consists of AOP, Karrion Cross, and others in that particular nature, they could play a hand in Elimination Chamber, costing Bobby Lashley the Chamber match, and we could see the Street Profits somehow get involved and everything else like that. <clears throat> Randy Orton. Um, we know that Randy's been a part of several Elimination Chamber matches. Drew McIntyre's been a part of several Elimination Chamber matches. It's going to be tough because some people have been stating that Randy Orton should be the one to win. And then others are saying that Drew McIntyre should be the one to win it. So, <clears throat> this is the thing. I, I pretty much, you know, pretty much put the sights set on what will happen at WrestleMania as far as L.A. Knight and Logan Paul goes. Kevin Owens, we don't know, but something could happen in the near future. We'll see. I hate to say this, and I'm going to go with this for right now, but I'm going to go with Drew McIntyre to win the Elimination Chamber, move on to WrestleMania, and take on Seth Rollins for the World Heavyweight Championship. Here's why. <coughs> We've seen Drew McIntyre go through this tremendous change with himself, and he's doing some damn good heel work on his way to WrestleMania. Now, we know that Drew McIntyre's contract with WWE is going to be expiring real, real soon. Now, also at the same time as that's taking place, Seth Rollins' contract and also um, be Becky Lynch's contract is also going to be expiring right after WrestleMania. Now, we're not going to get into the full details of all of that, but we'll discuss it when we have the opportunity. So, I'm looking at Drew McIntyre to win the Elimination Chamber. I see him moving on from the Elimination Chamber to WrestleMania to take on Seth freaking Rollins for the World Heavyweight title. We'll see how all this turns out at Perth later on tonight. Next matchup is Rhea Ripley going one-on-one -on -one against Nia Jax for the Women's World Championship. Okay. This one's going to be a bit easy, obviously. Nobody wants to see Nia Jax walk away with that world title. Nobody wants to. It's not going to happen no way, no how, never, okay? Leave it in the front door, okay? Leave it alone, okay? I think Rhea Ripley is obviously going to walk away with that championship. And obviously we see how all this is going to turn out. And we know... That Rhea Ripley, uh, I mean, this whole thing with uh, Rhea Ripley and Nia Jax, it's a, it's a good feud. It's a damn good feud, to say the very least. It's been taking a few months as it is. So, I expect this match to be, hmm, to be kind of fair, I expect this match to be somewhere along the lines of 10 minutes, maybe maybe 15, depending I expect this match to go down real quick. Oh, not not to go down real quick. I expect this hard-hitting, everything that you it could expect from the chamber match. And obviously, we're going to see Rhea Ripley walk away, especially in her hometown over in Australia, her home country of Australia. So it's going to be interesting to say the very least. Now, the next uh, before we before we get into what we need to talk about here, as far as the next matchup goes. Uh, this past Monday night on Monday Night Raw, there was a little bit of an interview that happened between both Nia Jax and Rhea Ripley. Here are their final comments before entering 
into Elimination Chamber. Well, not the not the the match itself, but I'm talking about the event itself. But this is what happened on Monday Night Raw between Rhea Ripley and Nia Jax. Joining us now. Uh... The WWE Women's World Champion, Rhea Ripley, and the number one contender to that title, Nia Jax. Now, I want to ask both of you women, as we now go back to the uh, area where uh, we're going to interview you, I want to ask both of you guys this question. Uh, you know, we, there's been so much physicality heading into this matchup, but we haven't heard from you guys yet what you think of this match uh, heading into Perth. Rhea, I want to start with you. This is a big deal defending the Women's World Championship in your home country of Australia. Do you have butterflies? Butterflies? I've worked for this. I wanted this. This is the first time that I get to compete in Australia as a WWE superstar. Apart from that, the, the last time I competed there, it was a part of the independent scene, and that was seven years ago. So when I came here, I just wanted to please people. I wanted to do what I was told. I wanted to fit in. And I wasn't really comfortable in my own skin. There was actually times that uh, I wanted to quit. I wanted to give it all up. But I had to sit down with myself and I had to remind myself exactly who the hell I was. I had to remind myself that I didn't want to be like everyone and fit in. I wanted to prove my doubters wrong. I had to remind myself that I was Rhea Bloody Ripley. And I am the most dominant woman here within the WWE. Aw, that's so cute. Mommy, I'm twice your size. And I've got triple your talent. I'm so happy this is happening in your homeland. Because when I squash you again, mommy is gonna go home crying to her mommy. You know what, Nia? You can talk all that you want. You can attack me from behind all that you want. But at the end of the day, when you stand in that ring in Perth, Australia, face to face with me, and you hear everyone in that stadium screaming for mommy. You, you are gonna crumble. All your momentum is going to fade away into nothing. Your nightmares, they're gonna become a reality when you realize that you're just not good enough. So I will see you in Perth. Ripley is going to have her hands full tonight, or actually several hours from now, as she takes on Nia Jax as she defends her World Heavyweight Championship. And all that all, all that's going to happen right now is uh, for those two to go at it at uh, the Elimination Chamber event. And uh, this will be interesting to check out. Now, the next one is for the Undisputed WWE Tag Team Championships, the Judgment Day to take on a new catch republic of Pete Dunne and Tyler Bate. Now, there's really not much to talk about in this matchup here, uh, other than the fact that it's just going to be, you know, the Judgment Day pretty much pulling off what they need to do so they can get to WrestleMania to the point where they're going to be defending their tag team championships at WrestleMania. 
But uh, the team of Pete Dunne and Tyler Bate is a very interesting team. These two have uh, been tag team champions before, but in other promotions. Uh, these two have competed against each other for the WWE United Kingdom Championship several years ago. So these two have a, these two have a very long history together, and it's going to be interesting to see how this turns out. But we're looking at the Judgment Day to win and retain their tag team championship over at Elimination Chamber. The next matchup, uh, I'm not sure which will be the main event or not, but it's going to be the elimina- the Women's Elimination Chamber and the winner to receive a title shot at WrestleMania 40 for the Women's World Championship. It's going to consist of Becky Lynch, Bianca Belair, Liv Morgan, Tiffany Stratton, um, Tiffany Stratton, Naomi, and Raquel Rodriguez. Now, as you guys have probably already know, I mentioned this already, that Raquel Rodriguez had retained, at, uh, had taken the final slot. So now all the spots have been fulfilled, and now it all leads to who's going to be winning Elimination Chamber, who's going to take it in. Now... Let's look at this from the perspective that we know quite well. This is going to be Becky Lynch's first Elimination Chamber. It's been mentioned many, many times before. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see how this rolls out. Bianca Belair. This is uh, Bianca Belair, Liv Morgan, uh, I think Naomi, and Raquel Rodriguez have all been in Elimination Chamber matches. So this will be... um, uh, very, very uh, interesting right here. But Tiffany Stratton and Becky Lynch are the only two individuals. This is their first time being a part of this demonic structure. Now, who do I see as uh, the obvious winner? Let's see here. Um, with all due respect to Raquel Rodriguez, I uh, don't see her winning it anytime soon. Naomi just returned from the company. I don't see her winning this matchup at all. Uh, Tiffany Stratton could be having some kind of feud going. Well, actually, I don't see Tiffany Stratton winning it. I know she's going to put on a good performance as far as the Elimination Chamber match goes. But what I'm looking at as far as WrestleMania goes, uh, I'm seeing... I, I know some people have been asking me about what I think if, you know, wouldn't wouldn't have been better if Jade Cargill was a part of Elimination Chamber? Uh, the answer is no. I really don't want to see that because, number one, it's too soon to put Jade Cargill in Elimination Chamber. And number two, I think the better, the better way to display Jade Cargill, if she signed to SmackDown, that's cool. But I think we need to see her debut at WrestleMania. I think that would be better for her. Because to me, and I'm not, I, I know some people are going to say, well, there's no point in doing that. And it's like, well, obviously there's going to be a point to it because Jade right now needs to be on the big stage. And I think the most appropriate thing to see is I'd like to see Jade at WrestleMania make her debut. But the opponent that I think. And this is just my opinion. This is just my thought. I don't know if anybody wants to fulfill this or not. But I say, just for one night, and some people may agree with it, some people may not agree with it. Jade Cargill, Nia Jax at WrestleMania. It it makes perfect sense because 
not just because of the fact that we know we know Nia Jax is going to somehow be a part of WrestleMania because of The Rock. Duh. I mean, that's obviously right there. But I think it would be nice to see Nia Jax, you know, kind of uh, put over on um, on Jade Cargill. It'd be not well, not not to win, but you know what I mean. Uh, the fact that I'd like to see Jade win over Nia Jax to make her debut seem pretty good. You know, make it interesting from head to toe. But, like I said, we're going ahead of ourselves here right now, and we're just sticking to Elimination Chamber. So, Raquel Rodriguez, I don't see her winning it. Naomi, I don't see her winning it. Tiffany Stratton, I don't see her winning it. Liv Morgan obviously wants to win the Elimination Chamber to get her hands on Rhea Ripley. That's one thing to see it. Bianca Belair, who has won Elimination Chamber last year and wants to win it. Actually, not last year, but she's been, let's see. The last Elimination Chamber that she won, I believe it was last year, or not two years ago, I think. If I'm not mistaken, I mean, I, I could be wrong, but, you know. But anyways, uh, Bianca to win Elimination Chamber, not really. Becky Lynch to win Elimination Chamber would be the obvious, because... I know some people have been wanting to see Rhea Ripley taking on Becky Lynch at WrestleMania, which would be the perfect match, the right match for Rhea Ripley. And I don't see any problem with that. So I think at Elimination Chamber, you're going to see Becky Lynch winning Elimination Chamber, her moving on to WrestleMania and take on Rhea Ripley for the Women's World Championship. Now, this Elimination Chamber, there's only going to be about four matches. There, That's really all there is to it. Now, unless there's going to be a fifth match, I, I'm hoping they'll announce it, you know, right before SmackDown or um, right beforehand. Because now, the WWE has been doing very, very good on its PLEs. You know, it, it's done very, very good business because you don't have to add 95 matches in order to make a successful pay-per-view. You, you just got to go with the ones that matter. You know, you just get put... Uh, for a pay-per-view of, of this stature, four matches be... Five, five matches be good, too. But you don't want to overdo it with six, seven, and eight. No, you don't want to do that. You you want to at least just put the two chamber matches involved, the two, cha- uh, the, championship, the two championship matches that we talked about, and that's it. Now, if there is a fifth match... Uh, it may be in the kickoff show, or it may be a part of the PLE. Who knows? We'll see. But the point is, I mean, it's a stat card, a star-studded lineup and everything, and it should be interesting to say the very least. Okay, now, um, there is one thing that we need to talk about, and we talked about this earlier, and uh, let's see here. The Grayson Waller Effect. The Grayson Waller Effect to take place over at Elimination Chamber, to take place over at that event, the Grayson Waller Effect will have its guests, Cody Rhodes and Seth freaking Rollins, the world heavyweight champion. This is going to be interesting because, and I think I talked about this um, um, uh, on my Minute Talk exclusive. Um... I kind of see this as 
we're going to see Grayson Waller obviously introduce Cody, introduce Seth Rollins, and, you know, we're going to see how all this turns out. And then something is going to be set up to the point where we're going to have, we're going to have Seth Rollins and Cody Rhodes obviously challenge, challenge the world heavyweight, the, the WWE undisputed universal champion Roman Reigns and The Rock at WrestleMania. Because if you saw the official, if you saw the official, uh, the trailer that took place uh, on the weekend of the Super Bowl, you know that people are teasing having this matchup at night one, right? So, now I'm not saying it's going to be official or not, but I know a lot of people have been very impatient about, you know, oh, well, we got to have it now. we got to have it now. We want to see these two and all this. Be patient, guys. Just be, just be as patient as you can to the point where everything is going to go smoothly. Now, what will happen is this. Grayson Waller is going to come out with that annoying voice, doing what he does, saying what he's saying, saying that he's the biggest star on the planet, yada, 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 blah, blah, blah. And then we're going to have Cody Rhodes show up. We're going to have Seth freaking Rollins show up. We're going to have, have a few, uh, have Grayson Waller ask a bunch of stupid questions. Cody Rhodes will pretty much put him in his place along with Seth Rollins. And then the appearance by Paul Heyman will happen. And then a possible appearance by the tribal chief, the head of the table, the undisputed WWE Universal Champion, Roman Reigns, to make his appearance. It could happen. Now, there has been some speculation that The Rock is not going to appear in Australia. The Rock will not appear at the event as Triple H has has confirmed and everything. But I think it would be interesting and this is just me playing this little game with everybody. I think it would be interesting to have the tag match. Now I'm not saying the tag match is going to take place at this PLE. The setup for it will be interesting. Now, I'm not sure how high the injury is to Seth Rollins, but if he's physically able to compete and has the opportunity to face off against The Rock and Roman Reigns alongside with Cody Rhodes at WrestleMania for night one, it should be good. And I think the setup is going to be perfect. I think, like I said, Cody Rhodes is going to issue a challenge it's going to be set up. Now, it would be nice if the following week, or on, either on Raw or SmackDown, Rock and Roman Reigns would accept the challenge. But I think what's going to happen is, say if Cody and Seth Rollins do, do want this match to take place at WrestleMania, and say both Roman Reigns and The Rock show up and appear at Elimination Chamber, and appear before everyone in Australia, setting the match up and accepting the challenge... Just think about this for a moment. We're, where are we at? Like 42, 41 days, I think, at least till WrestleMania? You got yourself a match that's going to be set up for WrestleMania. Just like that. With Elimination Chamber being put away, and then you lead on to WrestleMania having one match, having um, three matches. The undisputed WWE Universal Championship matchup on the line. The WWE Women's Championship and then this tag match to take place at WrestleMania, which could probably happen at night one of WrestleMania. Now, 
the main event's just putting the pieces together. All that's got to happen is for Cody to show up. Is and and also, hear me hear hear, hear me out on this one thing. I I think this will be interesting, and I think, and this is going to be the point where, either it's going to happen or it won't happen. Say the Grayson Waller effect ends is is the main event. Say say that it's going to be the last segment. For elimination chamber, right? If it's that, it's gonna kind of give you the vibe that oh, the Rock is coming. Oh, Roman Reigns is coming. Something is gonna happen at elimination at the elimination chamber event. Something is gonna go down with these superstars. Something is gonna happen at WrestleMania. We're all getting ready, and we're all looking forward to seeing how all this is gonna happen at elimination chamber tonight. Well, later on. Setting things up for WrestleMania. So, to go ahead and get this out of the way. Elimination Chamber match. The winner to have an opportunity at the World Heavyweight Championship at WrestleMania. Drew McIntyre, Randy Orton, Bobby Lashley, LA Knight, Kevin Owens, and Logan Paul. The main event selects Drew McIntyre to win the Elimination Chamber. Now... Singles match for the Women's World Championship. Rhea Ripley, the champion, defending her championship against Nia Jax. Main event prediction, Rhea Ripley. That's how it's going to roll. We move on. Next one is going to be the Elimination Chamber Women's. For the uh, Women's Elimination Chamber, for a shot at the Women's World Championship at WrestleMania, Becky Lynch, Bianca Belair, Liv Morgan, Tiffany Stratton, Naomi and Raquel Rodriguez, main event prediction, Becky Lynch. That's who's going to win it. And, of course, the Judgment Day defending the undisputed WWE Tag Team Championship against the new Catch Republic. Main event prediction, the Judgment Day to retain the championship and everything. And, of course, the Grayson Waller effect. We'll have Cody Rhodes. We'll have Seth Rollins. Everything will be set up. Will Roman Reigns show up? Will The Rock show up? Main event prediction, I say The Rock and Roman Reigns set up, and I say they're going to set WrestleMania up right there to the point where it will be night one. I say Seth Rollins, Cody Rhodes, sets up a tag match together to take on the members of the Bloodline, The Rock, and Roman Reigns, WrestleMania, to set it all up at Elimination Chamber. That's my prediction. That's what I'm going with. That is how far we're going to go. Remember, guys, Elimination Chamber is going to be happening in a few hours. The episode is released today, uh, this Friday, but in a few hours. This episode is being released around, I would say, 7, 8 o'clock in the morning on Friday. And the next morning, or actually around maybe 2 o'clock in the morning on Saturday... You will see Elimination Chamber as it happens. The countdown show will probably start at 1 o'clock, and the event will start at 2, leading all the way down to what's about what's about to go down and so forth. So it's going to be interesting to say the very least. Check your local listings, guys. Subscribe to Peacock, and if you are as early as I am, you know I'll probably, like I said, I'm probably going to go to sleep early, and I'll probably, you know, get up as quickly as possible so that way I'll be able to check out Elimination Chamber as it goes down over in Australia. Guys, we are 
a few weeks away. We're, what, 40, 41, 42 days away from WrestleMania at this point right now. And we are getting ready for Elimination Chamber. This is the roadblock getting to WrestleMania. And we need to get through this roadblock as soon as possible. You don't get a shot at another story just because you want it. That's not how it works. And you don't understand that. You don't understand that because you're spoiled, entitled, little crybaby.
What's going on? Furman Torres here for the Main Event Talk Podcast. And as you know, this episode and any episode that I do is sponsored by my good friends at Rich's Billiards over at 5815 Weber here in Corpus Christi, Texas. If you feel a need to go out and shoot some pool, have yourself a good time, jam out to some music and hang out with some friends, well, Rich's Billiards is definitely the place for you. And if you want something good to eat, Pinkies is definitely the place for you. You can go there, you can have their hot dogs, you can have their hamburgers, you can have their wings, and the main event definitely recommends the wings, especially when it comes to Pinkies. They make it as good as anybody, and not to mention the fact that their chili dogs and their hot dogs are extremely, extremely good to eat. Get a chance to eat it over at Pinkies. And if you go there, tell them that the main event talk sent you to Pinkies over here at Rich's Billiards, 5815 Weber. Not your average heroes, the barma bars and the billiards among billiards. You can come in anytime you want, Monday through Sunday, and check it out every single chance you get in. If you want to check out some boxing, UFC, or even WWE, Rich's Billiards will definitely be the place to go to check out all those events and much, much more. And there's going to be several live events that will happen at Richard's Billiards in the next coming weeks. And be ready, because the Main Event Talk podcast will cover anything that you need to know about Richard's Billiards. I am the Main Event player, the Super C Kid himself, and I approve this message. This episode of the Main Event Talk podcast is brought to you by my good friends at Richard's Billiards, 5815 Weber. Not your average heroes, the bar among bars and the billiards among billiards. And also sponsored by the Tony Gomez Show. You are the master of your own destiny. Check out the Tony Gomez Show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever it is you find your favorite podcast. Subscribe to the Tony Gomez Show wherever you go and listen to the Pit Podcaster himself wherever you go. If you guys have any questions in regards to the show, all you have to do is go to my email address at the main event 1977 at gmail.com. That's the main event 1977 at gmail.com. Any suggestions in regards to the show, anything in regards to anything about professional wrestling or music or anything that you have in mind, all you got to do is go to the email address at the main event 1977 at gmail.com and I will be glad to mention it on the next episode of the Main Event Talk Podcast. And uh, John Cena on Howard Stern and Randy Orton for Sports Illustrated. A bunch of guys had things to say about Vince McMahon. And uh, I guess we can start with John Cena. A lot of people uh, have a lot to say about this one. He said, and I quote, I can say this, I'm a big advocate of love and friendship and honesty and communication. But in the same breath, I'm also a big advocate of accountability. I think you explain it well. If someone's behavior lies so far outside your value system, that the balance shifts of like, I can't operate in a world where this works. That's the end result of being accountable. He said, right now what I'm gonna do is love the person I love, be their friend. And by that, it means like, hey, I love you. You have a hill to climb. There's a saying of you don't know who your friends are until the shit hits the fan or your back's against the wall. That doesn't make any of what's going on any easier to swallow. But just telling somebody like, hey, I love you, man. This is going to be a hill to climb. We're going to see what happens. And that's that. Yeah, I, I actually listened to the whole thing in context. And um, the best person on that was Howard Stern. He went into a big speech about how, you know, people he's known have 
you know, things have come out about them and, you know, basically said that, you know, it's, it's, it, it, it's, it's a mind fuck is what he said. Cause like, what do you do when your friend, they've been your friends and then all of a sudden you find out this stuff about them. And he said that in some cases, when you find out the stuff is really bad, you just can't have anything to do with them. You know, he says there's a line and, you know, in some cases you can still be their friends, but in some cases you just can't. And then he asked John Cena about it and, uh, that was what John Cena said. And, um, no compassion towards the victim at all. And um, I thought it came off, um, you know, I mean, it's it's a weird thing because, you know, I can remember when the Cosby stuff first broke and all the people who were like in his TV cast and the people who, you know, had known him and were friends with him were so defensive of him. And, you know, there's no defense, you know, I mean, like, especially in his case, because there were so many. And in this case, it's, you know, it's the same thing. You know, I mean, I'm not saying it's the it's as bad necessarily or not as bad, but it's the same thing. It's it's really um, it's really bad stuff. And, you know, John Cena just, um, you know, he's the team player and he's going to say that I was not surprised in the least that he said it. But um, I thought it came off very badly. And um, Orton, you know, I mean, it was funny because people are going like, oh, you know, Randy Orton came off good. And it's like, he really didn't. But compared to John Cena, he did. So because of that, such a low bar that John Cena set, um, Randy didn't come off nearly as bad. I mean, the Sports Illustrated quotes for Randy weren't too bad. But the New York Post quotes, you know, and R Randy was doing uh, press because uh, the A&E thing, um, you know, it debuts this coming week, this coming Sunday. There's an A&E biography on Randy Orton, which is, which I understand is actually very interesting. You know, it talks about a lot of the stuff, you know, when he was younger and, and you know, the suicide he attempted and um, just a lot of the problems that he had in WWE, you know. And so, I mean, they, they do address a lot of that stuff in there. But, you know, he also, um, you know, when it, you know, I mean, his his thing was is. Uh, well, I actually got the quotes right here. So he had two for the New York Post. Yeah. He said, "I've seen the horrible things online, but I don't want to believe because this man has done so many things for me. If it wasn't for him, I wouldn't have been given second and third chances in WWE, and probably fourth and fifth. I wouldn't be in the position I'm in now if it wasn't for that man. So part of me wants to not believe it, and then the other part of me understands that he could have done all these wonderful things for me in the business and created this amazing thing that will go on and on well after he's gone." But on the other hand, he's human, and he made some fucking terrible mistakes. He says there's three sides to every story, their side, the other side, and the truth. I think a lot more has to come out before I can really speak on any of this. I think that would be the case for any talent that you ask. But I do know about Vince McMahon, the man that I've known for the past 24 years personally. I owe him for everything he has done for me. I say that with conviction because I wouldn't be in this position without a lot of help from him. But if these allegations are true... It's some horrible shit right there. I'm torn. It's hard. And then for Sports Illustrated, he said, I've got to say this. I wouldn't be where I am without Vince McMahon taking a chance on me a handful of times. I wouldn't be where I am today without Vince. But fuck, I'm reading this shit. What you've seen and read, I've seen and read as far as commenting on that. It fucking hurts my heart. It hurts my head. So that was Randy Orton's comments about Vince. Yeah. yeah. Again, no sympathies for the victim. Um, and in, in the case of, you know, and when I say victim, I actually should use a plural because obviously there's far more than one victim here. There's the victim that everyone's read about, but there's 
other victims too, many others. And um, so I, I, again, I will say this when he said like, you know, if you talk to the talent, they'll, they'll all say about the same thing. It's like, I've been in contact with a lot of the talent and they're not defensive events like this. Um, of course, they're not saying anything publicly and they're not saying anything for attribution. And maybe if they did, they, they would. Um, but I just know that, um, you know, it's, it's, you can read it and, you know, yeah, of course there's two sides to every story, but there's stuff that's right there, you know, it's, it's right there in black and white. I mean, and you, it's, it's stuff that you, you just can't overlook. And, um, you know, they're both put in a bad place. They're not going to say they, they're, they're going to be defensive of, of, you know, of him. I mean, one of the things that I thought was interesting with Orton and it, it goes with like a lot of the wrestlers, and it's true, everything that he said, you know, is in the sense that he gave me second and third and fourth chances and all that. You know what he did? And this is what a lot of the things that like, the big difference between um, wrestlers and, you know, athletes is that wrestlers think that they are nicely given chances, and to a degree it's true. The reason Randy Orton got second, third, and fourth chances wasn't because Vince McMahon, you know, liked him. It was because he thought he could make money with him. And because Randy Orton had talent. And you know you know what I'm saying? It's like it's like it's like a football coach. And if there's a player who is a marginal player and he screws up, he'll be cut. If there's a player who's like a freaking superstar player, they're gonna get chance after chance after chance and i mean you know you can name football players that were great football players that did some pretty horrible things that got chance after chance and it wasn't due to the generosity or niceness of the owner or, or being forgiven it's because the guy was a freaking great football player and and you know and people will bend over backwards because of your talent and i mean that's the thing with randy orton is just like yeah he got chances because they bent over backwards because of his talent and his look. And it's 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 not like, oh, you know, he's been so magnanimous to me. Because the reality is, is that, like, when Randy Orton, let's just say, um, especially if, it, you know, when, when Randy Orton, you know, was given chance after chance and when he was failed the drug tests and they changed the rules, the Randy Orton rule, you know, where now all of a sudden three, is, three strikes isn't out anymore like it used to be. Um... You know, the reason that they did that was because they didn't want Randy Orton going to TNA, just as an example, which was their whatever. You know, their adversary wasn't a strong adversary, but it was an adversary at the time. You know, it's like that's why they did it. They didn't do it out of, you know, niceness to Randy Orton. They did it out of um, the fact that Randy Orton was a really talented guy. And... You know, a, a lot of these guys, it's like, oh, Vince gave me a chance. And it's like, yeah, he did because you could draw money. You know, it's 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 like, again, like a star athlete and or a star um, entertainer. You know, if you're if you're a promoter and uh, a guy can draw money in concerts all over, he's going to get away with a hell of a lot. And they're going to bury things and they're going to bend over backwards for him because he's got talent. You know, and, and like with Orton, you know, if it wasn't for this and this, you know, if it wasn't for, you know, ever some, look, Jeff Hardy's a perfect example of this. If, if something like this happens, 
you know, and you don't get a chance and you go too far, what's going to happen? The other company's going to sign you in a heartbeat because that's how wrestling works. It's with CM Punk, Jeff Hardy, anytime Bruiser Brody, anytime this stuff happens, that's what the wrestling business is. And in enough time, if he had gone to TNA and gone there for, you know, a couple of years or he had screwed up in TNA or something like that, Vince would take him back. I mean, Jeff Hardy's, again, is the perfect example of all of this. You know, it's these, these, you know, it's the fact that you're talented and, 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 and not even talented. Well, I mean, there is talented, but the fact there's a lot of guys that are talented that aren't draws. But, um, if you're talented enough that people will react to you at that level. So, um, but, you know, that's different. That's a different situation. But, uh, yeah, that's as far as the quotes go, sure, you know, um, but again, you know, it's just like, oh, I'm so sorry about Vince. It's like, it's not the guy you should be sorry about. Or the guy they're given, you know, well, I just, I, I mean, I can see, I don't want to believe it. You know, if if I had a friend like that, I wouldn't want to believe it in people. Like I said, the Cosby example is the perfect example. It's like all those people back Cosby until you just couldn't anymore. That was from the Wrestling Observer Radio with uh, Brian Alvarez and um, Dave Meltzer talking about the whole thing with uh, John Cena, Randy Orton with uh, their thoughts on the whole situation involving Vince McMahon. And um, I know that there are some people that are not too happy with uh, the comments that John Cena has made. Um, Let me reiterate on a couple of things here. Um, I don't think fans should be too upset with John Cena. I really don't think they should. Because I think what what I've read and what I've heard, I think John Cena, and I think there are a few people, not a whole lot of people, that will probably be just a little bit sympathetic to Vince McMahon because of everything that goes. But in the process, the things that Dave Meltzer said was uh, very interesting to me, was the fact that most of the time when people like Vince McMahon do good with certain wrestlers or certain stars, he's only doing good for them because they're drawing money. And let's be honest, Individuals like John Cena, Randy Orton, Stone Cold Steve Austin, The Rock, Triple H, and others have drawn a lot of money for the WWE. And that's the the God-honest truth. Now, if some people believe that Vince McMahon is, you know, being good to you because you're Randy Orton, no, I, I, I really, I don't believe that, and I, and I uh, don't think anybody else should believe it either. Because let's face it, I mean, Vince McMahon is an individual, I mean, he, he is a genius, make, make, Make no mistake about it, but the situation that he's going through, I don't think anybody feels any sympathy for him at all. You know, I mean, you can place him as a victim uh, in any way possible, but you have to also remember another thing here, because yes, Vince McMahon, everybody knows pretty much what they need to know. But what if he's innocent? What if he is? I mean, and I'm not saying to be sympathetic to Vince McMahon either. There's just a lot of things that we need to know about before we can pass judgment on anybody. And in this case for John Cena, um, I don't think he's really, you know, I, I'm not sure if if for him to choose any different words to make himself more sympathetic, I think what John Cena said was pretty much correct. And, you know, when you... When you read and listen to what he actually said, I mean, let, let's face it, I think I think he realizes what Vince McMahon has done, and I think he realizes the road he's headed. 
And I also realize that he he has to be... Let, let, let's face it, whether we like it or not, John Cena is being a good person about this whole thing. And he is. He is really being a good person about the whole thing with Vincent Mann. But also, I think fans need to understand. I think John Cena is not trying to side with Vince. Maybe, maybe uh, sympathy would be the word, but I don't think there's really any sympathy to look into. Randy Orton, on the other hand, had had a different comment to say, and I agree with that, especially when um, Randy, he's been through a lot of trouble in his life, especially within the WWE. He had been in a lot of trouble with the WWE, had been sent home a couple of times, had been suspended a couple of times, but he was brought back. He was brought back from Vince McMahon, but I think he was merely brought back, as Dave Meltzer would say, because he drew money for the company, which is true. And, you know, this story with Vincent Mann is, is going to be is going to be an ongoing thing. It's going to be an ongoing thing all the way, even, even past WrestleMania here. I mean, oh. I mean, look, I, I am I am still a fan of Vince McMahon for the obvious reason, because of the fact that everything that Vince McMahon portrays himself on television is exactly who he is in real life. And I'm not saying that's a good thing, but I'm saying that's one of the realest things about Vince McMahon that unfortunately that's what some people will actually like. I, You know, for me, it's like, I, like I said before, I like to see a person in wrestling become that person outside of wrestling instead of having to play a ridiculous character where it makes me want it makes me wonder why you're even in the wrestling business in the first place but like I said before guys I mean there's going to be a lot of news I mean you're going to hear several clips of the wrestling observer talking about Vince McMahon you're going to hear a lot of clips from other uh other wrestling news sites talking about Vince McMahon it's going to be a very 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 long time before we can forgive Vince McMahon and there's, there, there's no backing. There's no backing away. I don't know how in the world he is going to get out of this, but it should be interesting. I'm, I'm wondering about. I know that John Cena, Randy Orton had, had mentioned, you know, oh, voiced their opinions about Vince McMahon. I'm curious about Stone Cold Steve Austin. I'm curious about Stone Cold. I don't know if Jim Ross has said anything. No doubt, he's probably thinking about it. Jerry the King Lawler. He's probably expecting it too. I know that some people have heard from Jim Cornette because I know he's uh, he's been very uh, vocal about the situation and everything. It's just been a hectic, hectic time, and I'm I'm going to be interested to see what's going to happen in the next few weeks. I mean, we're we're getting closer to WrestleMania, and you know our our focus should be mostly on what's happening in the world of professional wrestling. Our, our focus should be on AEW Revolution. We should be focused on Elimination Chamber, WrestleMania, and all these other events. And that's what we should be thinking about at this point. This whole thing with Vince McMahon is just going to continue. You're going you're gonna to hear a lot of ridiculous stories. You're going to hear a lot of truth. You're going to hear a lot of false accusations. And trust me, there's going to be a lot of them. And also, uh, the only thing that we wonder is... Um, where do we go from here? I mean, you know, everyone's asking for justice for Ashley, Ashley Monaro. But the question is, what sort of justice are we talking about here? 
I mean, what what sort of justice is she getting? I mean, you know, and 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 that's the thing that also that puzzles me so much. What sort of justice has to be done? I mean, Vincent Mann go to jail. Vincent Mann be in prison. Vincent Mann stay in prison for many for many years to come. We don't know. I mean, if he goes to prison, that's fine. I mean, I I would rather have him in prison or in jail or or something like that to just to satisfy everyone's need, you know, in every way possible. But the thing that I do not want to happen is somebody else controlling the WWE. If anything, I think the WWE needs to be far away from Vince McMahon. It was far away from him about a year and a half ago, and now we're really getting no Vince McMahon at all. For years, the WWE has always been run by McMahon, whether it was Vince, Vince McMahon himself or Vince Sr. from years past, or Shane McMahon or, or Stephanie McMahon. And I know Stephanie McMahon has not been put in a good light either. So the only person that would be considered close to running the WWE, close to a McMahon, would be Triple H. So he's really the closest thing to a McMahon when you think about it, but it is what it is, and like, like I said, we're, we're going to be getting a lot of news about Vince McMahon, there's going to be a lot of stuff you're going to be hearing right here on the Main Event Talk podcast about Vince McMahon, and it's going to continue from here on out. So guys, that's going to do it for this edition of this episode of the Main Event Talk podcast on a Friday. Elimination Chamber is going to be happening tomorrow, but it's going to be happening, uh, technically it's going to be about if I were to pinpoint this correctly, it's probably going to be 24 hours until we get to Elimination Chamber. There's going to be a lot of stuff that's going to be happening. Uh, both uh, Elimination Chamber matches, the men's and the women's, going to take place. The Tag Team Championship will be on the line. The Women's World Championship will be on the line. A lot of stuff is going to be happening. Uh, what's going to happen to the Grayson Waller effect? It's going to be interesting, uh, to say the very least, that's going to happen over in Australia. So, guys... Subscribe to Peacock. Get a chance to check out Elimination Chamber live as it happens on Peacock. It's going to be an interesting, interesting deal to check out. Now, uh, there's really uh, well, I really don't have anything else to say uh, other than you know we we got Elimination Ch- Chamber coming. We got uh, AEW Revolution coming next week. We got to be prepared for that. Uh, oh, and also uh, I forgot TNA. No Surrender is going to be happening uh, later on tonight. We will produce the results of that next week in the Main Event Talk podcast uh, to give you guys an update on those matches that happened. So it's going to be interesting there. And um, that's it. That's going to do it. As always, follow the Main Event on Twitter at Twitter. I got to stop that. I really got to. Follow the Main Event on X at x.com slash at Main Event Player. You can also follow me on Instagram at Instagram.com slash at Main Event Player 2. And if you want a friend, request me. Proceed at your own fucking risk. Uh, there was a, a, There's one thing I need to mention before we go on to the next thing here. Um, I'm not going to mention any names. I'm not going to say any names on this episode of the Main Event Talk Podcast, but something had occurred um, a couple of days ago on my Facebook. Apparently... Somebody had tried to make a friend request to a friend who um, 
I have two friends, one that I've met in person and the other that I've not uh, really seen. I know who they are. They're two women, by the way. One is a, uh, a woman who's a huge wrestling fan, and I believe, I'm not sure if she listens to this podcast or not. She probably does, but I just want to get this out of the way. These two are friends of mine on Facebook, right? And apparently there was some sort of exchange that took place. Uh, she wanted a friend request from this individual, and she had wondered why why you friend request me and all this stuff and, and you know how how that goes uh, to me it's like if it's if i if i receive a friend request i'm not going to message that person for anything in the world you know why number 1 i don't want them to know anything about me and number 2 there's a sort of a there's sort of a little trial thing that i put put some people through before i decide to let them in my facebook just like that it's 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 me being me, and, you know, I got to make sure if you're active, you're in. But if you're selling me some junk, I'm kicking out. That's how it goes. In this case, something happened between these two, and they're not the best of friends. I don't think they know each other that well, but it seems that uh, one person's husband knows this person, and yada, 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 and, and it, it, there, there's a whole lot of miscommunication, and... One person is being sympathetic and being nice and just not accepting the friend request. While the other, when, when, when something about I've slept with your husband, uh, uh, your husband that you're with a few times before, that's one of those things where you're like, oh, shit, you know? And I, I don't want to get into too much detail. All I know is I'm friends with these two. One of them I've known for a while, and the other just, I, I think, has been in my Facebook for like a couple of years now. And I, I, got, I got no problem with this person, except she's a 49ers fan, but I'm not going to get into detail about that. We'll leave it at that. But like I said before, if, if you choose to friend request me, as I always say, proceed at your own fucking risk. This episode is sponsored by my good friends at Rich's Billiards, 5815 Weber. Not your average heroes. The barman bars and the billiards among billiards. I may get a chance to stop by later on. I'm not sure. I haven't decided yet, but we'll see how this rolls. And also this episode is sponsored by the Tony Gomez Show. You are the master of your own destiny. Check out all of the Tony Gomez episodes on YouTube. And you can also subscribe to the Tony Gomez Show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever it is you find your favorite podcast. Uh, I know Tony Gomez has been very, very busy with his podcast. Um, he is um, not sure what sort of projects he's working on, but no doubt he'll let us know about it on the Tony Gomez Show. Please subscribe to it, check it out, listen to it while you can. And guys, remember one last time, tonight is TNA No Surrender. That's going to be happening later on tonight. And then a few hours after that will be WWE Elimination Chamber to take place live over in Perth, Australia. We're going to be watching it probably at 2, 3 o'clock in the morning. So I'm going to try and get some sleep if I can and then get up and be prepared for the event. And this is one of these times where I don't have to worry about, you know, when you're a kid, 
you you have to go to sleep, but you have to wake up because you want to see this event. But since I don't have any parents to guide me or put me to sleep, no, I'm going to go to sleep and then I'm going to come up at this certain time and get myself ready for Elimination Chamber. Guys, check it out on Peacock. It's going to be interesting to check out. Thank you for listening, and I will see you next week on another great episode of the Main Event Talk Podcast. Why? Because I can, and I want to. Any questions? Enough said. The road to WrestleMania continues through Elimination Chamber.